0: It was yeah
1: What's going on, everybody? Cali Death Podcast back once again, episode one sixty three. I am your host, Anthony Trapani. As always, I got some resident homies with me, Casey Howard and Joseph K. With me tonight. What up, y'all? Yo. Well, hello, hello, hello to you as well. And we are joined tonight by Sean May of Bludgeoned and Violence Only. What up, Sean?
0: Yes, we are. What's up, everybody?
1: Chilling, dude. Just uh, hanging out. No problem, dude. (laughs) <laughs> already um <laughs> yeah dude no this is uh this is cool i i like to be uh introduced to uh representing down the- hey,
2: uh, well. that- that- uh, oh we got a blue
1: shirt on oh yeah it
2: looks good. yeah if we want to get into the lore already i saw sean and these guys play last uh in october and it was fucking sick nice oh, yeah, yeah
1: I uh, one things that one thing that I do like about this show is that bands that I should be listening to end up you know coming across my radar, or they end up being you know a, a member or two coming on the show and being introduced to a a band that I'm enjoying listening to because of the show. I, I think that's super cool. I I you know. That's just, you know, one of the main things that I like about this show, just b- being able to be forced to be exposed to because I'm not a, I'm not a deep digger like I used to be, you know, I don't have as much time to sit and dig on the Internet to find new bands, listen to new bands. And so I'm just, you know, happy that one can fall into my lap because of the show so yeah dude, bludgeon's one of them for sure i definitely uh we were talking pre-pod i uh really enjoy the vibe uh very nostalgic for us you know 2000 early 2000 death metal musicians from california you know and uh it definitely harkens back to that era for me when i listened to it so yeah dude bludgeon's sick dude (laughs) (laughs)
0: thank you thank you for saying that i mean you guys laid down the blueprint basically for everything we do i mean i'm talking about especially the california death metal scene in particular the bands like odious Mortem, deeds of flesh Mm discord of course uh deprecated was really sick back in the day Uh, Mm um i mean too many to mention but i mean that's that's why we do what we do and uh we're happy to try to represent to the fullest that we can you know i know we're up in washington but that's still technically the west coast you know so okay.
1: i think that there's there's like there's versions of trying to not necessarily repl- replicate but contribute to a style that you're influenced by and there's you can kind of sniff out the the ones who are trying to kind of coattail a style versus somebody who really loves it you know you can feel Mm. that in certain bands that there were some proto unique leader style or proto may not be the word but like you know unique leader-esque bands that were happening after that first wave of unique leader that you could just sniff it out like oh they're just trying to you know sound like what's popular you know in the underground at least and and but then there you come across other bands where it's like no you could actually feel that they actually really loved this you know little pocket of music and you and you guys do that too because i mean when you guys started releasing in 2019 right the first well the first thing single that i i i'm i an idiot to some but i just use amazon music versus spotify because it's already linked to my my shit you know and i don't need another a la carte subscription added to my list of subscriptions that i already have right now and uh so i use that and so 2019 was the earliest release that i can I, i can get on amazon music from you guys did you guys start releasing before that
0: it was it was rare i believe 2018 late 2018 when we released the very first single i mean originally it was just on youtube on like slam worldwide we didn't we didn't drop it on spotify or anything like that that uh, was just a one-off thing and uh eventually eventually it did find its way on streaming platforms but uh that was kind of the beginning of it after that we had some lineup changes i know everyone knows the song and dance that goes with that but Sometimes it takes a while to find the right fit of, uh, you know, uh, personality wise or create creatively, I guess. And mm-hmm. uh, um, I mean, John and I, the vocalist, you know, John and I grew really close early on just because we bonded over, you you, you called it West Coast Brutal Death Metal, basically. I mean, nerding out over disgorge, you know the best chords vocalist? they're all amazing you can't pick one obviously but uh just stuff like that like we kind of just immediately knew that even though what was popular at the time and what we were originally kind of being pushed toward by original drummer was like more of a beat down deathcore kind of informed style i mean that wasn't really what was close to our hearts john and i like yeah we wanted to make the nastiest fastest gnarliest brutalist music that we could without really caring about what was going to sell or the trends or like right getting streaming numbers because i mean let's 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 be honest anyone that plays real brutal death metal knows it's it's not going to make you famous never you're rich you're not going to you know make a ton of money doing it um so the only real reason to do it is if you love it and you, you Well know, yeah, get, it doesn't
1: make you financially you rich. It. it makes you rich in other ways though. Like I'm doing a show about the the genre that I started contributing to 20 plus years ago and I'm still in love with it just because it is a true like relationship that we're building with this bubble of people that everybody else gets it, dude. Everybody else in our bubble gets what we're doing here. And, and see, so again, you want to, all of us want to not only contribute to it, but yeah, you were saying close to our hearts, what we love. It's like we've all been in it because of the love for this. It's never been like a cash cow for any of us. I don't, I, I think I, I purchased luggage off of a check that i got from severed savior and i thought i was fucking sick dude i was like <laughs> going, i was going to hawaii like in like a month or two after that uh, and i was like dude i got a check that is buying me new luggage for this trip and i was like fuck yeah dude that's that's literally something that i never was expecting coming for the first but that, like dude i i'm not even looking for that i'd I don't get paid from this. we don't get paid from this show either. This is all done because we just love this shit. That's it. hell yeah and expression Definitely. too. I mean we there's there's got to be other genres that but I don't know dude this is another thing too I was thinking about and I know we were supposed to do plugs and all this kind of shit, but I'm now rambling and I got a thought so <laughs> what um so let me articulate this the the fact that we all can meet on one level um quickly in death metal and there is this like deep connection to it uh it it now now i'm actually kind of forgetting my line of thought right there because i had i had this deep thought that i was having this week about our relationship to this this music but in this art you know and, what?
3: yeah i'll
4: say really quick uh i'm trying i'm doing a joel thing and I, I recommend to all the listeners like just like put on bludgeon right now like you can put on low volume like in the background as like a palette behind this podcast. Like I recommend it. It's dope. (laughs) I can hear everything you're saying. And I'm just like,
1: (laughs) now I completely lost it. So now we, we need to just keep going. So I I'll find it again. Cause I definitely was like, I need to mention something about this on the show. So it'll come up naturally.
2: I I'll, I'll talk about bludgeon for a sec. So like, I mean, it's a sick lineup and i met you guys and i forget your bassist name unfortunately but he was very very kind at the show steve steve, steve yeah hell yeah and um i mean you've got nickel who's here in the fucking youtube chat right now um, up. he's like you know wonder kind drummer extraordinaire uh he's 18 i think um
0: yeah, he'll, he'll be 19 next month i believe if you're not too old
2: <laughs> i mean i mean yeah he's already done putridity and tours recorded with bludgeon and other bands uh just you know on the come up and then you've got jonathan huber who blew my fucking away live as just as powerful a vocalist as i've ever seen destroying this tiny stage in seaside california um very and, brutal vocals. Um, it was so sick and then he reminded me that he was with pathology when i saw pathology live 10 years ago in santa cruz um i think did son of aurelius play that show as well um some some other band we're connected to played that show besides pathology um but yeah it's just like a killer lineup to be kind of like teaming up to make this kind of music uh is, is is very sick and then you guys covered womb of scabs uh the discords classic right in front of me so i got to watch you guys <laughs> play a song that i play that's and clear, I uh, even
0: got to do some background vocals. So, I don't know if oh, that's video, like, true. Don hands in the mic for the high. I screen did the. Uh, I did the
2: yeah, I did it as a low though. I was too nervous to go high. <laughs> I did the womb full of scabs. That was actually the only time anyone's ever. <laughs> <into the> <laughs> well, I used it to sing.
0: It was sick as fuck, dude.
2: I used to sing for a band in college. I did like death metal vocals. Like we covered, like nothing crazy, like a Monomarth type stuff, but it's been a while so that was cool to do that again nice. so it was just a great show and uh Fuck yeah. so that's that's what i wanted to say just to exuberantly praise the guest as we do <laughs> oh, thank, you. Kind yeah. sir. thank you thank you no doubt you. all right
1: let me let's just jump into the plugs here battleforgecoffee.com mm-hmm. you know that's always up top the homies and deeds of flesh we uh love that company um they're Might be some stuff to talk about in the distant future, but I'll leave it at that. Other than that, go there and buy your coffee and uh, get your shirts and mugs and all their great swag that they got. CaliDeathPodcast.BigCartel.com. A couple of t-shirts there. You know, I say this is the only way you can support the podcast. I thought about this this week too. Why do I always say that when, Really, you could yeah, you could go there, buy a t shirt, but really just tell your friends, dude. Support us. Hit the like buttons, hit the subscribe buttons, all that stuff is like contributing. Hey
4: guys, guys, have you guys heard of the Kelly Death Podcast?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, dude. Maybe that's so cool. Maybe (laughs) we should go old school and have people start passing flyers out at shows and shit too. That would be kind (laughs) of cool. Like go old school physical like that. But um, yes. yeah, no, yes. it's subscriptions and likes and comments and all that stuff. Just the way that the weird AI algorithms of the 20, wait, 2024 now. Goddamn. Yeah. Uh, you got to fight against that stuff. And it, it's, it's those likes, subscriptions, comments, all that kind of shit. That's yeah, like,
4: even though like we don't make money on the podcast and we don't care, like, you know, we'd like we'd like it though like like we'd like i'd like this to be like my real background like i want that piano back. <laughs> <laughs> like, come no. On, no, guys. i come on. think the truth Let, is make my t- dreams come true come on let's do this <laughs> the truth is
1: is that we've seen um the response to the show over the last three years and we get a genuine response from you know the the homies that are listening to this with us every week and and i just think that if and we've gotten some really crazy messages too that about very personal things and and just say that we know that it makes an impact on a certain amount of people so why not get it to more people that might also it might make an impact there's got to be somebody on out of 160 and and you know i'm just saying that this thing grows the same ma- amount every week we, we're not on what it is right now the way we could not promote this at all and not care because it just keeps going but i'm saying you know likes and subscribes and all that might get it to some other people who are just like you that that would you know benefit from this because 100 now we're on 163 um i think that it's almost guaranteed somebody in the metal community is going to find somebody we talk to and want to hear from them you know what i'm saying and yeah, all right, enough of the. I've, I've overplugged this show already. I feel like that. Twitch.tv slash you Podcast. Gotta
4: watch our show.
1: <laughs> I'll be watching it. Right? <laughs> I just feel weird because I, I don't do that. That's what's fo- what's funny about it is that I don't do that so much that when I do do it, it feels weird. But twitch.tv slash Cali Death Podcast live <laughs> every Thursday.
2: Right now,
1: right now, here and now. All right, yeah. Uh, shows that you want to throw out, Professor. Yeah, I'm gonna,
2: know? I'm gonna run the usual. I got Gulf Coast Death Fest coming up in March. uh Shout out. Yeah, where are you on that, Sean? Uh, me I want to see I, I, you. We should <laughs> be on it. I
0: wish. I mean, I think they hit us up to play it last year, but we just couldn't make it happen. Then he was but just I a, hope to, I hope to play it in the future for sure. I think it's that green logo. Oh Yeah.
2: yeah uh followed by new jersey uh mid-march march March 15th nice um and then there will be a tour for another band after that and then i also want to plug um a band i actually announced i'm i'm joining as a session drummer for last week uh i joined and i didn't i didn't make the announcement last episode but uh it's called parasitic septicity it has daniel benavidez i think it's his last name he played in vial for like a very recent west uh, i'm sorry texas uh show or set of shows um but he's just a killer guitarist and he's got this band and we have a homie named sebastian um from i think the colombian scene who i just talked to today for the first time doing vocals it's kind of like he's assembling his musicians to bring his thing to life and i just tracked drums for the first song uh and it's fucking super brutal like the heaviest most brutal shit i've ever recorded like it's definitely like disgorged downstream like pathology brutal brutal heavy technical um so i'm very psyched on it so i'm shouting that one out for now nice sick yeah Yeah. all right and Uh, also if you need session drums hit me up i'm cheap (laughs) jesus up just the studio like, set
4: i'm announcing i'm in another
2: band it's like oh really like what? <laughs> <laughs> what's it
4: called it's like you know
1: that's awesome yeah, i want to hear,
2: I didn't hear that's sick dude yeah Ooh. just follow me and on on the on the gram and i'll post a clip pretty soon so
1: hell yeah nice and generator rehearsal so cal is that that's where you're going to jam from now on mm-hmm. if you're listening to the that's show and you're in the social area boom yeah. Sean, where do you guys? Where do you want uh, people to go for bludgeon and violence only uh, information, merch, and otherwise?
0: Oh, well, right now the best place for violence only is the Facebook page because I'm pretty sure that's all we have right now. But we got Instagram coming, we got all the the usual suspects coming. So uh, you'll be able to get all the info right now on Facebook. But as far as bludgeon goes. We're on Facebook. We're also on Instagram. So uh at bludgeon official is the best place to find all things related to us. Uh, I think there's probably a LinkedIn link in there somewhere, but or sorry, link link tree, my bad. But um
3: mm-hmm.
0: uh, we don't have any merch going right now since we basically, unlike a lot of bands, we're like extremely DIY to the point where we pay for every single merch order up front. We don't uh, I mean we pay like straight cash. So until we save up all the money, if we don't do pre-orders or anything like that, we get the merch, we sell it and then close the store. Um, is it smart business-wise? I don't know, probably not. But I mean, that's just how we've been doing it uh, until mm-hmm. some label decides to take mercy on us and, and bring us into the fold with this new full length that we've got coming out. Um, yeah, but we'll talk more about that later. But yeah, bludgeoned official on Instagram, best place to find info for that. And then Facebook, For violence only. If you search, I'm pretty sure we're the only one on Facebook. So yeah, there's that.
1: Right on. All right. (coughs) Well, let's uh let's dig into you, sir. You're the you're the one in the spotlight. (laughs) Let's go. Let's go. So uh how old are you?
0: I am 34 years old right now. 35 in March.
1: Okay. So uh Throw us in the time machine, dude. Take us back to childhood. What was that all about? Um, art, creativity. When did that come about? Were your parents creative people or not? You know, just give us a, the the lowdown, the the baseline.
0: Fair enough. All right, so I guess we'll start with my folks. Uh, my mom is like the musical one, I guess, of the two. I mean she was always playing piano growing up and singing in church stuff like that uh my dad although he wasn't quite as musical uh he was big into rock and roll music when he was a kid and uh you know often regaled me with stories of you know seeing Led zeppelin in concert and uh pretty much just like all the good classic of back in the day he even got down with some more contemporary stuff like rage against the machine and um you know just like Good music from back in the day, you know, before Pro Tools and all the editing and all the, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. the stuff that's sort of has overtaken and plagued modern music. Uh, Everything's quantized and auto now. But um, g- growing up with that older music um, and going to high school when I did, sorry to kind of jump around the timeline here, but uh,
1: no, it's all good, dude. Um,
0: I mean, when I started high school, it was 2003. I mean, think about all the death metal that was coming out in that time. Like, of right. flesh. Like, I mean, that was like right smack dab in the golden era of brutal death, though. Like, that yeah. was before the big wave of death corps kind of came and took over, like suicide, silence, like I declare war, all that stuff kind of started more toward the end of high school for me, like 2007, uh, when that kind of, I mean, that really took off and, you know, kids went crazy for it. That's cool and all, but um, of all my friends growing up, um, and I wasn't into metal when I was y- younger. I was more of a pop punk, Blink One Eighty Two kind of kid when middle school and stuff. But I mean, c- come come high school about sophomore year, so I started playing guitar, and then it's when I also met some friends that turned me on to like way heavier stuff than anything I would ever heard. Like, uh,
1: uh, well, dude. So let's I, let's. Uh, I know you said this. sorry for jumping the timeline, but now I I want to get to that. But I do want to hear about you know what was playing in the background i I know your dad got was listening to rock and stuff but talk about that time where you heard something at at a young age that you connected to you know
0: oh man um well i think one of the one of the first ones i discovered by myself was like i was reading some like strategy guides like an old star wars game or something it was like fight fighter on pc or something like that way back in the early 90s but uh the the author mentioned Jimi hendrix and it was like said mm-hmm. he was like this it made some analogy it was the sickest guitar player ever so i had to like yeah kind of seek out his music and look it up and like i'd never seen i know it's kind of stereotypical right you know, like the guy yeah. sees someone light a guitar on fire like break stuff and also shred crazy stuff behind his back and do all this like so it was just a mixture of like skill and and bravado but also this like crazy like self-destructive and
1: theatric kind of yeah
0: all that like man to get to a young brain it's just like you're you're just enamored by it you know and like you're like that's like the coolest that's the coolest stuff i've ever seen and then like going on to be like who else can shred guitar really good you know discovered van halen that way uh I was a kid, you know. You know, the first time I ever heard like Pantera's music and like heard Dimebag play guitar, I was like, "Oh
3: my <laughs> god!"
0: Like I was, I was absolutely blown away by that. So,
1: uh, the home, there was definitely the home videos too. The Pantera home videos. Remember those, dude? Oh yeah. Oh man, I I can't even remember how many times I've listened or watched that,
3: dude.
1: <laughs> the so, the four of them, right? There's four different home videos, I think.
0: Something I'm a little rest of my Pantera kind of lore right now. Honestly.
2: My my friends had them, I watched them once or twice. <laughs> yeah, it's all kind right.
0: of unfortunate that that band kind of uh, revealed that it was like, I don't know, like when, when you're a kid, you don't see all the imagery and the stuff. Like, I don't know, when I was a kid, I didn't realize that like coming Confederate flag guitar was weird, but now that I'm older, I'm like, hey, like
3: right? So and no,
1: that luck. is totally true. That's another and thing, that too. Know. It was, uh, it wasn't something that, that I yeah, I, I naturally didn't really look at it as, but I mean, we're white people, dude. So it's like, it's, exactly. it's a weird, and, and and I honestly didn't pay attention too much in history class to understand how bad that flag, you know, is today. So I know that's that's a hot topic right now um it's, it's always same with, slayer, with,
0: with slayer too you know like slayer kind of was in hot water too like collecting like the nazi memorabilia and there's you know yeah there's
3: so their
0: subject matter and stuff but like
3: it's one of those things think,
0: where when you're again i was a kid you don't you 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 automatically separate the art from the artist and you just you just hear the music and you know, like it's really sick like,
1: yeah it like, did, and then i'd slayer. go and watch monster movies which also was real like all of the entertainment that came in was like not real <laughs> technically because yeah. i don't know just the way you perceive it as a young kid it's, it's all outside of you and you're just taking it all in you're like what the fuck all this crazy shit's coming at you and you know but it it, yeah so things get in there and yeah obviously the confederate flag thing the phil thing like all that is definitely tarnished the Pantera name it's never going away um that that has you know surfaced again you know every time phil gets popular in the headlines then that starts to come out again he fucked up and yeah there's there's weird shit to it so it's like all i'm saying is i didn't know all about that before i fell in love with that band you know what i'm saying i just was listening to cowboys from hell and hearing some fucking cool melodic fucking heavy riffs and just that made me want to fucking bang my head and phil's vocals were singing some catchy shit that i wanted to sing over dime bags riffs and vinnie paul was being a badass and rex is fucking getting down and i was just like that it was pure at that point and then you you know culture and 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 situations happen and things get tarnished dude i think that nothing can truly stay the same but it's not tarnished like like Michael Jackson tarnished. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. see, that's, no
4: that's going there, huh? Yes, that's a different <laughs>
1: kind. Of, that's a different kind of tarnish that you can't that's fucking a wash off. kind of off.
4: tarnish for sure. Yeah, you can't wash that off. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's yeah, it's sticky, dude. But no, for true. sure. So
1: that's what I'm saying. But I mean, in reality, even uh, low key anything that you that it was golden at one point is going to tarnish. You know and um but some things tarnish in a more ugly way you know
0: yeah i mean all i can say is with anything like that you just take anything positive that you learn from the band like if, if you learn some pentatonic scale licks or like you know some something of of intrinsic value from listening to a band like pantera then it's 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 a it's a it's a win still like i mean you don't have to take the hateful ideology or any of that stuff i mean as long as you can assess the band rationally like i said just try to take the good stuff from it like i mean there's definitely some valuable things i learned about playing guitar just from watching dimes fingers and his wrists i mean i mean he had some of the best technique out there even steve vibe would say so like so i mean just yeah. either here nor there
2: i mean yeah i think we're all fans
1: yeah that's the thing i think that the art is it's another one of those like separating the art from the artist but when you make music visual and then symbols are used they're uh, attached to the music and then things get a little fucking weird you know if you're if you're making certain statements like a more extreme version of that would be national socialistic black metal you know where they just go (laughs) they go full on they go full into that whole thing like what's more evil than satan um hate for every other human besides the people of my heritage and all this kind of shit you know so it's just I, i i think that um I was nice to just make them our point again on Pantera, because definitely don't listen to any national socialistic black metal. Fuck that. Yeah, shit. that's a that's fuck a no. Those people. <laughs> that's a no for me, dog. That's 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 a big, big no, no for me as well. And uh but to I am a person who grew up on Pantera and now has to explain myself in the fact that I grew up on Pantera while those symbols were stirred up into it, you know? And I didn't, I didn't align with any of those symbols. I just liked fucking the music, dude. That's it. And I, and I don't think there's any real, and maybe can, somebody can point something out to me, but there's nothing actually racist about the music itself. There might be some Phil lyrics that I should have read that, but I don't know. I don't think there is, but yeah. All right. That was a big long Pantera thing that I didn't <laughs> realize we were going to get into.
0: The, the, the positive thing is that eventually, you know, that musically even it wasn't enough to satisfy my like growing addiction to like heaviness and like wanting things to get more extreme. Like, and so enter, you know, getting my subscription to guitar world and then finding out about this band called the Dillinger Escape plan. That was like name-dropping bands like Necrophagist. Grant, granted, I was like 16 years old. I had just started playing guitar. You know, I I thought Dillinger Escape Plan was the craziest, most technical thing I'd ever heard. And then their guitar players like check out Epitaph, this CD by this band. And I was like, oh, okay, I'm gonna check this out from the headphones. And I'm like, oh my God. Like it was like my mind.
4: Speaking yeah. Speaking of which, fucking Christian, dude, what the fuck?
0: <laughs> yeah, the <laughs> that that of
4: this week. Yeah, uh, isn't there like the second one? Was it a different solo or is it the same one?
0: No, I uh, saw Christian the the funny. the epitaph solo, right? That he posted.
4: Isn't it just one, or is there two solos? Just one. I
0: think it was just one,
2: but uh, yeah. Dude. So clean, so clean. clean.
4: Yeah, it's like yeah, it's all sick.
2: Oh man, it's yeah. crazy. Had... He was only like nineteen or twenty when he recorded that, right? <clears throat> yeah. And again,
0: that, w- that was in the era before all the Pro Tools, all the editing. Like you couldn't just go like move mm-hmm. around and clean guitar stems the way you can now. I actually
2: know? I would push back. I think that's the album that kind of started all that, to be honest. Do you that's think they I've were it, you yeah. think so? Yeah, I mean, because it sounds yeah. literally so perfect that it's like okay. So well, I mean it
0: sounds edited.
4: Those albums I mean, around that time that we're able to do things like that.
2: Um yeah. I, I've heard it. From reputable sources, that that whole album is like two notes at a time, basically. Um, very chopped. Yeah. Yeah. Um, my a, thing, my thing just,
4: with that is like, okay, technique. I mean, it's it's you can argueable <laughs> if you agree with it or not, but that is just it's like filming or something. It's like saying, oh, well, they did the scene and they did this. They cut the scene like too many cuts or something. You know, you're like the end. It's just a scene. You know. Yeah. But, play it live and they can who cares you know
1: well and and however many cuts the film takes to make it a better film that's the whole point they're trying to make the best film well i don't even care our in our situation we're trying to make the best album whenever you know with whatever we have as our resource to freeze that art in time you know it's basically uh an artist painting a picture over and over and over again at practice. And then, okay, here's the one that's finally gonna like go out. And then it's, there's no other way we can, I mean, we can repaint that painting live on stage, but everybody's going to know this one painting, you know,
3: like,
1: (laughs) Think of Casey as like a Bob Ross guy who goes on tour and he, and there's this one famous painting that he, that got super famous and everybody wants to see him repaint it. And on, on his off nights or whatever, his trees might not be interesting, you yeah. know, or his fucking his crowd. You're like
4: on a stage at like you know, <laughs> some like club and you're up there with a, like fucking, you know, an easel <laughs> or whatever. And yeah, like, and you're
1: like you had the best like, had... digging and you're like painting this like... <laughs> and you had the best painting that this one painting that everybody got freaked out on, and everybody wants you to re- replicate it on stage, but then some nights, you know your trees are better than that other painting or your mountains look farther away and you know it's just like different things it's it's there but like replicating the one thing that everybody wants i don't want to take up too much
4: time but i just want to say really fast i think it would be kind of refreshing i'm sure bands do this but like in in this specific kind of death metal tech death melodic necrophagist context whatever like bands like that or obscure or whatever all these bands like it would be kind of sick if it was more like I'm, correct me if there's bands that, that do this but like every time they play it's like different solos like it's just not the Rapper. same solo yeah or like Jimmy what Henry,
0: about, or does like, martyr does martyr play the same solos every time do they did they, they improvise it all this, I, mean, oh, I can um, confirm I've great. never seen them live
4: yeah I mean if, but I also like hearing the solos that are like I mean maybe or maybe just like or even like do like a Randy Roods type thing where it's like like you know the live Randy Ryds, like like that like famous record where he's like Ozzy's holding him up you know the tribute one mm-hmm. like all the different solos are like like the albums but like way different and like he's like perfectly recreates them but also like quotes the right I'm parts sure, and like yeah. and accentuates them and like just rips his own solos to shreds like it's super crazy like to be able to like recreate your own thing and do it way better and be like ha ha, ha and like like jesus dude you know? Like <laughs> yeah. so yeah. i don't know like i just kind of would be kind of cool if like people did that more like in death metal where it's not just like oh i hit that fucking hit the wrong fret like i did it i fucked it up like it's like yeah eh, it's mm-hmm. like that's like classical music or something where it's like everything's exactly the same notes you know but exactly
0: like, it's like a co- it's a composition versus like jazz Yeah, it's like an expression
4: but you're not playing to sheet music you're not playing with the you're not doing any of that so it's like you're in a more of, almost like a jazz blues rock context anyways playing metal that comes from that really anyway. mm-hmm. <laughs> and so like even though we play oh the minor scale we do these patterns that sound like classical really the context is more you know and a jazz like the guitar you're playing dude like like it's electric guitar like you know you can Right. i don't know it's just like I, I just feel like sometimes that'd be so cool to like i would love to go to a show and see like christian just improvise like like do these solos way different and you're like whoa tonight was nuts dude you should have seen and there's like live they'd be like Oh, like the live version of that one night where he did the solo, like 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 the jazz guys have, you know?
3: Mm-hmm.
4: Like
1: oh, did you, that I don't know. It's story key, it it's depends on the player. I, I guess it depends on the player and their motivation. You know, there's yeah. one that just wants to like nail the same thing every time, or yeah. You know, there's the guy that you know, I mean, everybody the, does that. The, the jazz part. guy or the you know Zappa. He Zappa's thing was he would go out on tour with all the songs that he was about to record on an album, and then. He, every night he'd record the sets and he would just, you know, freestyle shred in his solo sections of every song that he
3: right.
1: was going to go on that album and and compiled all of those and picked the best one out of those. And that was the one who that went on to the studio. album. I don't know if he did that for every album, but I know that that was like a common thing that I read in his book that that's how he would do his solos. His solos on the albums were actually picked out of live performances on a tour before that album was recorded.
0: Nice.
1: Uh, what is this about Phil? <laughs> oh,
3: yeah, right.
0: Phil. He improvises some solos live. Like, oh, like, okay. There we that go, the dude. That's the guy.
2: Yeah, yeah I mean. Yeah, that's I what can... they called him. In... Sorry. Oh, yeah. No, no.
0: Go ahead. I was just gonna say real quick they, they do have improvised soloing in classical music too, and it's called a cadenza it would be the Italian word
3: for oh, okay, it. Okay.
0: Yeah, actually yeah. they would expect the performer to come up with their own oh. you know, improvised form. Uh but of course, since they didn't have recordings back then, the composer would always like write one out on the sheet music, like a sample one, but the actual performer was expected to
1: improvise. I've never knew about that. That's actually I I've, I've heard of that and I
4: I don't I've just that th- that term is just never say I've it again. Cadenza? Cadenza.
3: Cadenza. Oh. I just, just never hear <laughs> that.
4: You never hear that. Why is that? You know, that's the thing is I never I mean maybe just doing jazz stuff but like I don't know classical was just i don't know it, it, it sounds like a
1: balcony or something like <laughs> i'm hanging out on my backyard in my backyard so dude, dude. you got these new lights up in my it cadenza. Does sound my, like that watch the italian sunset on my cadenza dude <laughs> <laughs> oh wow cool well i mean yeah dude i mean and
4: all the crazy classical uh composers and you know all the, all the famous people those guys could shred or could excuse me, improvise for days and oh, yeah. crazy stuff like it was just like, and you know, kind of like when you're writing music, anyways, you kind of are improvising. You know, like you have to improvise to to compose, really, um, at least to some degree. Like even if it's little pieces, but you have to be able to, you know. All
0: right, confession you know, like, time. All right, how many of you guys, along with myself, when you're writing metal metal music? You're literally improvising every riff to the point where, like, after the song is done, you don't even know how to play it yet. Like, I have to to go learn the song like after (laughs) I finish recording it. Basically,
4: it's like plunging into a jungle with the machete and just like, wait, where did I? (laughs) How do I get back? You know, and then finally,
1: yeah, finding your way back, following the trail. Um, Get back, yeah. I guess At, oh, I, I'm not I'm not a riff maker, so it's called I've guitar just, pro is how you do it. Okay. <laughs> I guess you could but there's that's just one form of trying to write, you know. You could all that's yeah. that's like another metaphor would be like a comedian writing a joke on stage versus sitting down in front of a computer and trying to, you know, word out, uh, oh, this is I'm gonna say this, this, and then you say it naturally and that's writing on the stage. So you're writing in the moment of just trying to catch a vibe catch a wavelength and and your fingers hopefully you know translate some kind of thing that's being transmitted into you from somewhere else dude
0: it's gotta come from the subconscious you know that's just how I feel about it like Mm -hmm. uh, if I put too much conscious effort into like coming up with parts it usually just doesn't have the same emotional depth I guess uh, it's gotta come from like a deep subconscious place yeah. where like, you just hit record and then like you play the thing you're like oh shit that was the one like um i mean, i sit raw. down of the screen i'm like it is not yeah. the
4: same you know oh really yeah you know yeah. i think it's all about just p- how you could put it down whether, whether it's like memory or writing it down or on a computer however you're like just kind of storing the data you know mm-hmm. and like i think the for at least in the joseph i want to hear what you have to say too but i think for me like the real quick the process at least for me and I'm not the greatest songwriter and nothing like that, but I just like I play guitar just to help write stuff. And I like, okay, like I'll just uh I'll like jam around and then come up with I mean this is just probably super common. I just jam around and I try different weird things, then I come up with a little pattern that I like, okay, that I want to like at least put that as like a template or a capture that like st- like framework, and then just like I but I put it in guitar pro just because for me it's easy to write around that. Mm-hmm. Um I can add drums and all that bullshit. Uh but basically like it's like a riff kind of wrap it around like some kind of you have to like kind of you have to be able to kind of capture it you know like it's like this like fleeting thing and you're like okay i'm going to capture that and then like put that down and then like then you can kind of add more then you kind of like well like once you have more pieces you like can build on this frame it's like you're building a structure you know right um but like but yeah you're uh, yeah so that's, that's all for me that's how it works
1: bro. you're going into a trance to hopefully come back with an artifact dude and then <laughs> yeah you you compile your artifacts that have literally come from a different dimension that have physically come into our space that's literally what's happening dude
0: <laughs> yeah exactly that what you're doing.
1: indiana jones <laughs> in another dimension coming back with little artifacts all right. dude, and we, we, we all and, yeah. we all have our arranging them in the perfect way to where what's yours what's, your, what's your, Joseph? Odious yeah. album
2: we all have our takes on the same idea. And for mine, it's like, it's modular. Like you have these small parts that you can like play and you kind of put them together. And then it creates like a big thing that you can't do by itself right away. You have to like learn that thing, but like each little thing that you added, you could like play in the moment. So it's not like things you write are like literally unplayable. It's just like you only write small parts and learning the whole section together is like a whole extra thing it's like the performance rather than the composition mm-hmm. so yeah that's, that's my take i love that and just to add to that like it's like
4: really cool to write something that you like really like and you're all proud of it and then you're like Fuck, but i can't play it like really well like yet like you that know? is a sick one yeah it's an interesting and that was like the early days with guitar pro and we're like oh cool Like, i remember i like wrote this one song like way back when we first got guitar pro 5 it was like an odious thing, and it was some new after cryptic something. And I like showed it to, da- or whatever time frame it was. I showed it to David and Dan or whatever, and they're just like, "Dude, no, I can't fucking play it." It's like it's all <laughs> over the place. Like, These weird sweepy things, and it was just like too. It was early of dissonant that song, like early version of it, mm. but dissonant out. Yeah, um, Whatever. Who gives a fuck? The point is that it was. I, just... I
2: know what it
0: is.
4: It was. It was like super. It was all fast and like it was just basically like inhuman or something like some part, and they're just like fuck you, dude. They can't play that. <laughs> way. that? Okay.
0: Okay. Uh, so on the top, on yeah. the topic of uh, hard to play and editing, all the stuff we were just talking about, decrepit birth and time begins. I mean that that was really the one after discovering Necrophages that really sent me down the true path of brutal death metal over tech death because. Like this, it's a... It's a, Eventually, the mids and stuff just becomes kind of obnoxious, at least in my ear. <laughs> uh, and the, just the, the black and white...
3: Uh,
0: palm mute, open... Da, da, da. and I, Eventually, I wanted to hear nothing but fans like to the insanity, where it's like, palm mute all the time, or like, palm mute slightly less. There's like a hundred different degrees of palm muting that it's like mm-hmm. happening. It's like mm-hmm. the infinite depth of it all. And same with Disgorge too. It's just like... Basically, yeah. it's, like it's just as technical and extreme but in a way that's like way more like like this instead of like <laughs> and,
3: you know
0: just that is my I take the, on
1: it. I, <laughs> I think that um <laughs> and the scourge blurred the lines of a lot of things that were happening too if we're going to keep mentioning the scourge um as a pioneer in this shit i think Got that it, like when things were very uh organized disgorge was like nah dude we're gonna bleed outside of each one of these lines you guys have set up and make this like more fuller denser deeper more expanded version of what is happening you know and that's mm-hmm. where i think like the tech really started i guess well Deeds was really tech though, too. Even in the earlier days when you listen to uh, some of the drumming on those earlier records, dude, it, I think that, and deprecated too. It, I think there's this like um wave that's happening in those records versus a, a
2: straight linear line. You know what I'm saying? I think all those guys were clued in that, like, if you're trying to be sick, like truly sick and like blow people's minds like chugging is sick like tremoloing is sick but like you have to add something that you can't really follow on first listen you have to get technical and have you go through multiple iterations of trying to figure it out and that's what like truly catches the the listener who's not just like the average slam enjoyer that the guy who like cares about something beyond just the groove so Mm -hmm. yeah, i think they were all clued into that like all the classic bands have at least a few passages or hopefully more passages. And like all of inbreeding by Deeds of Flesh is they were just going down that route, like as far yeah. into the labyrinth as possible. So,
4: yeah, I think it's like just rad having all kinds of different flavors. It's like, like yeah. cooking and shit. Like you got, oh shit. Yeah. I'm going to do like this flavor. It's like, you got to have the palate of all these different things. And like, that's what is really <laughs> you know like super valuable about like any art or especially in this case bands and music like how they're different but they're also similar you know what i mean so it's like Mm -hmm. suffocation versus deeds of flesh is so different than disgorge versus like and but even considering bands from certain areas that are like same you know geographic like you know california deeds of flesh and like deeds of flesh is is actually quite different from disgorge you know like very, oh, yeah. different, you know, that's kind what I'm talking about. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and like, and of course, and and then there's bands where you can like, okay, there's elements and they mix this and mix that, but like, each band really has its own like.
1: If every Cali files, death
4: totally different, separate saviors. I mean, they're similar to the outside of your, but like to us, they're like very different. I think, I think that yeah. if you if
1: you're to uh, if you're gonna make a Cali death metal milkshake or smoothie. <laughs> It, oh, Deeds of right. Flash and Go disgorge on. are kind of like the base, the first two ingredients you throw in the blender, and then you start to add your own flair to it.
2: Deeds is like the yogurt. disgorges is the banana.
1: Yeah, but, but like depending on how much. Uh, wait, what's that? <laughs> then what's ever it is powder?
2: Your <laughs> little Mike Gilbert, you know. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. In
1: Mike's that. in this in the spice cabinet. Spice Cabinet.
0: Shout to Mike Gilbert getting the job playing for Cynic, though. That's fucking crazy.
1: Man. Oh, shout out. Yeah, yeah dude. I know, <laughs> oh, yeah. dude. So He's it's a, a, a long time coming for this. I mean, this is a, a, you know, behind the scenes, the Cali Death crew has known about this for quite some time. I mean, it all started bubbling up on uh, the two-year anniversary episode. That's when they had met, and it just mm-hmm. snowballed from there. Casey you know, homies with Paul, me, homies with Paul, and and that performance that Mike did on that. Anybody who hasn't seen the two-year episode, go back to see, you could see the beginnings of literally Mike Gilbert being announced in the band today. The beginnings of that happened that, that episode right there, and he got to play a song, a cynic song for Paul, and it just, yeah, snowballed very quick after that. Shout out Paul Moscow. It's,
4: awesome. it's a
1: it's a it's a perfect it's it it would think about joining your favorite band, guys. Just think about joining your favorite band of all time that you that you've had for decades. And it's like Iron that, Maiden or something. Right. That's that's Gilbert right now, dude. And uh for real. we love we love him to death, dude, and he deserves it all, dude. Shout out to Gilbert for always letting me uh do it from his house. He's uh he's uh out out of uh capacity right out of capacity i don't even know what i'm trying to say right now he's Uh i couldn't do it to this week but it's all good either Mm -hmm. way gilbert is the fucking man he's always been the man he deserves every single shred of this and um yeah kudos to uh man
2: that's 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 like that's like next week right like damn i wish i was going I know. Little...
4: I'm trying to get the flyer and i'm like waiting for this email.
1: i was actually tempted to look at airplane tickets i could probably get down there for like 400 bucks it's kind of crazy but it's almost still like so i gotta see mike live <laughs> with cynic dude
2: i had yeah. a i have a prior commitment i'm going up to the bay area but i'm like oh man well yeah enjoy y'all are, everybody y- y'all
3: are closer it.
2: It's, a, it's the Kiesel, by the way, for people. Who yeah, are I'm, I'm about
4: to post it. I'm trying to get the flyer on the thing, man. Hold on a second. Yeah,
2: Kiesel, dude, uh, they're hosting uh, their uh, like... Ian,
1: Ian may be there, dude. Shout out to Ian in the chat, Sick Drummer Magazine, the homie, always hanging with us every Thursday. Sick, dude. If you're there, dude, it'd be so rad to get some uh, some footage, even if it's just some decent phone footage, dude. And, and we'll do uh, uh, an exclusive Cali Death uh, watch along hell yeah you could do that dude
0: yeah i just want to keep singing singing mike's praises i mean the dude is like the best kept secret of like the cali death scene as far as like you know we all know how sick he is like he's been my like one of my main guitar heroes since i was a freaking teenager posting on smn news like the forums back in the day uh he's the reason i play jackson guitars uh you know i wanted to get an angle amp for the longest time he never could afford one but uh, he's he's the man. I mean, we all know him for the Jedi grind, like picking technique, all the
3: crazy shit.
0: But, um, he can play every style of music that there freaking is. I mean, from jazz to flamenco, obviously. And,
1: and he's yeah, super can- humble too. Dude, he'll never like sit there and be like, "I'm sick." He'll just fucking show you that he's sick, you know. <laughs> and uh, then and he'll, he'll show
0: you the SR seventy one Blackbird drawings that he can't stop imagining in his head. <laughs> you guys know about that?
1: Say it again. You cut Mike so
0: my, my guilt Mike Gilbert has this thing he told me back now I don't know if it still happens to him but like in his mind it's continuously drawing a picture of an senior 71 blackbird like airplane like that, like that his, sounds
1: accurate that sounds very accurate it, it's, um, it's
0: been a constant thing like his whole life he said like, you just can't stop thinking about it and, um,
1: weird. yeah it's I've it. had plenty of uh <laughs> conversations with Mike that definitely show that you know I mean it probably is one of those things that's been with him since he was a kid. You know, he probably got a a replica plane or something like that when he was a kid and that, that, you know, planes stick with people, trains stick with people. All right. All Uh, right. uh, He actually,
3: actually, yeah, one more thing.
1: One more great thing about Gilbert is that he built a Lego, um, (laughs) Star Wars, uh, uh, fighter jet i don't know what it's called i guarantee he knows exactly what it's called and he had it on display and he was just like you know what dude here you go dude. give this to your kids dude already built ready to go this n- decent sized lego star wars uh plane so i mean that just also feeds into his planes but um <laughs> I, that's just that's the kind of guy gilbert is dude he uh I love him to death dude that's my bro and I, I i'm so happy for him with this flyer that if you're watching this right now kiesel uh is having uh uh like a an event kind of around nam isn't it isn't it kind of the- yeah it's the
4: same weekend as nam
1: and they're doing a, a whole deal here uh it's like
4: an uh, Daytime thing on the 27th, uh next Saturday, I guess. Um, and we, we all registered and are gonna go and stuff a bunch of us. Um and uh yeah, Cynic's gonna be a headline at four. And there's like uh Devin Townsend is playing like at like eleven at Scott uh Carstairs is playing at like ten. Fucking wait, dude. so
1: you're going, Casey? Hell yeah, I'm fucking going. Oh, I fucking I missed you saying that, dude. I thought nobody was oh, gonna dude. be there. Like, oh, dude, dude, it's like I live like really close to here. Like oh, this is the man, I'm Like I'm so right, happy for you and jealous at the same time, dude. Oh man, well
4: it's gonna be awesome. Yeah. So <laughs> and it was kind of announced quickly. Like, oh shit, you gotta like sign up. And there's like shop tours and you go check out the guitars. Paul just uh announced, you know, like his uh, endorsement, I guess, with kiesel whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, all kinds of shit. But I've I've never even seen Devin Townsend play. I've, I I love his music and I'm like, very oh, you're empowered. you're in dude hang out with him or whatever. I mean it's gonna be right there and this is gonna be fucking sick as fuck. I was talking to Paul and the dudes and of course uh, Mike and I'm super excited to see him play with them. And uh we're gonna try to go hang out afterwards at like probably Stone Brewery mm-hmm. over there in Escondido. Um or something like that. I think that's kind of the plan. But it ends at like five. It ends kinda of early so Oh, day yeah, like but... thing. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's going to be sick as fuck, though, dude.
3: <laughs> I mean, it's so also being
4: uh, you said registered
1: you? so nobody else can get in. Is that, it, it I don't know if it's full easy. yet, but oh, it's okay. on their website. It's uh, yep. what is it? Kieselconnect.com. Well, if you're in the SoCal area, and uh, yeah. check it out, dude. And also, if you're going to NAM and you didn't realize, check right. this out. It's the
4: NAM alternative for san diego
1: yeah well i mean if i was a nam goer and then this was happening i'd i think i'd spend some time over there <laughs> watching a few of those bands and then go back to nam yeah all right,
3: how did i get rid of this thing so okay. uh it's so we need to all right back on need track to make some, need <laughs> nice. to make some progress on our
2: on our timeline dude i love these <laughs> logos we can just yeah.
4: like move over a little bit so we're like not in the logo way you know
2: uh,
1: that, yeah
4: <laughs> dude, dude that's funny yeah, like the king outside of it.
1: So. so let me turn it this way. Right. It's, good. it's good. A little bit. <laughs> Actually, <laughs> I mean, that that would work. I liked it. No, you know, Yeah, just do it for a little bit. It's fun.
0: All right. We'll leave Maybe it up. This
1: is like the new way we do it. Uh, no, like, uh. If it's on. <laughs> yeah. Find our way. Around. Yeah. Got <laughs> my throat slit by the logo here. Find <laughs> your way around. The the all like...
3: <sighs> yeah. <laughs>
1: Each week we have sharp. different obstacles to move around. <laughs> <laughs>
2: now we need um, to get, we need to get, connect the dots to uh, about 20 years so, of timeline, 15 so, years of timeline. Well,
1: I want to talk about more getting, like that. <laughs> getting into, uh, you know, playing in general. So, what was the first, what age and what was the first instrument you? want you your parents decided to let you try because parents (laughs) are the ones Uh, really uh, like i might my son's doing trumpet and i'm actually i'm the one in the house that's like i'll i'll deal with all the the missed notes and all that stuff as long as he's progressing i don't i'll i've dealt with music my whole life so i'm like i know i want him to get better and i know he's not gonna be better right away so yeah, talk about uh, the first uh, introductions to playing music and where was it at in life?
0: So the very first time I ever got to like mess with the musical instrument, I mean, other than what we had at home, which was basically my mom's out of tune piano that like, so out of tune, like couldn't learn how to sing with that or anything like that. But she also had an accordion being that her, both of her parents immigrated here from finland so like, mm. the the traditional finnish folk music is like basically like polka and everyone plays it on an accordion and dances around and all that fun stuff yeah but uh i mean so i i didn't i couldn't really figure out how to play it though because i don't know if anyone's ever looked at one or seen an accordion but like you got like a regular keyboard on one side and then the other side there's like a 100 of these little buttons that like you have to like trigger different combinations to play bass well i never it. knew it's, the f- yeah so what crazy, is the function actually. of those
1: buttons dude so what do those do exactly do you know
0: you have to ask my mom yeah like, i can yeah, i can
2: tell you All right, um do it. I, but first i want to go on the record i'm anti-accordion i right. i <laughs> My my family member had a bumper sticker that said "Play an accordi- accordion, go to jail. It's the law." And <laughs> I, I, I,
1: I I I was about to go on record as pro accordion. God damn, we got a fucking. <laughs> no. And this
2: is this is actually one of my hangups with Igor, by the way, is bringing up an older thing. Like I'm not into this vaudeville. <laughs> French bullshit, but anyway, uh, Shit, so. <laughs> we get raided by somebody. Who are we getting
4: raided by? What's going on? Okay, here? oh, so shout out. Out. we should at least shout out to who's rating us. I yeah. hope I should
2: talk accordion in front of. A I lot don't of even people. know how this works. I just <laughs> yeah, know no,
1: that there's watch your words now. Maybe I think uh, it's, what uh, up, what
2: love what's going on? Is it oh, uh, what up, Scott? I
1: think Scott. Yeah, thanks, oh, Scott. hey, man, what dude, what okay. up, Scott? Yo, yo, yo. Hell yeah, so, dude. Thank so you. So an accordion works. What up, uh, Scott, dude? See you yeah, soon, there he is. <laughs> right. We were just yeah. plugging it right before you oh, rated us, bro.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Coming soon. Um, right. so yeah, so the, the keys on one side, the, the piano keyboard, that just plays whatever notes you played, and then the other one just creates a chord. Uh so it's like you always have to play a chord along with whatever note you're playing. Um, I don't think you can, it's not a monophonic, it's it's like strictly a polyphonic instrument always produces. And then the, whatever note you're playing like, or whatever button you're pressing gives all the information of that chord. But the thing is those buttons, I don't know the actual pattern of how they're laid down, but it's like one button will be like G7 and another button will be like C minor or whatever. Um, Each button would be like E flat, etc. Not just the name, not just the note, but the entire chord. And again,
1: how does that connect to the keyboard side of it? Is it playing in different... So is it two different things being played? So that has... That doesn't uh, do anything for the keyboard. The keyboard doesn't do anything for those buttons. It's too different things in unison
2: yeah it's two different things uh, but it It comes out sounding like the same source it's like a harmony
0: in ways like like over yourself basically like uh, you're providing the accompaniment and then the melody with the other hand so
1: if you're playing like a c sharp button then you have to play accordingly on the keyboard in order to be in harmony with your other hand Mm -hmm. yeah Ah, trip, dude. That sounds so fucking there, confusing and complicated.
4: Are, are there different types of accordions that you need to play for different styles of music? Like, if there's more chromatic stuff, like like the dudes I saw playing with Aldi Miola and, like, Italian dudes, all super fast and crazy. Like, is it the same accordion, or are they, like, playing a, a, a different accordion with
0: more? <laughs> well,
1: John, so, uh, get your mom on the phone, bro. We need <laughs> to talk to your mom. Mom, bro.
0: where you at? <laughs> yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, okay, I awesome. can do She's five hours away from here. Um, so, Sure. i, I, I so, should call her it's about I don't time know.
1: for an accordion discussion come on yeah we going
0: to get her on cali death podcast to actually everyone. to be honest i'm True. actually
1: very interested in this and i know joseph has said something to say i'm sorry to jump in on you but i just <laughs> with all the weird or not weird but alternative instruments that people have talked about on the show we've had somebody who showed us how to play a sitar um we've had p- other people talk about other instruments and but we've had never had somebody who talked about an accordion so this mm-hmm. is what made my ears perk up and want to listen
0: yeah. and I, I'm mean, talking now. <laughs> I mean there's times when accordion can be sick i know like in like uh that like hot club jazz kind of music like django reinhardt and like jimmy rosenberg and that's kind of stuff where it's like super crazy acoustic guitar shredding with a pig um mm-hmm. Accordion is a popular instrument in that kind of music, too, and, like, uh, Balkan folk music as well, where, yeah. like, the, the the normal time signature for them is, like, 11-8. That's, like, their 4-4, four four, basically. So,
3: like, mm. uh,
0: certain parts of the world, that can hear, like, crazy meters and rhythms. It's, like, normal, like, compared to, like, what we're used to. So I uh, yeah. always, always found that kind of interesting. And that getting that kind of exposure to, like, I guess more world music earlier on in life, kind of opened my ears up to, like, uh, unconventional sounds, I guess. Uh, maybe sort of started leading towards the whole, like, metal thing because, you know, I, you start you know, hearing stuff that you don't hear on the radio and you're, like, you start thinking it's kind of cool, whereas you show it to anyone else, like Yosef, are like, check out this accordion, he'd be like, oh, that's terrible, like, what are you <laughs> doing? But, you know, it, you know show someone else, you know, death metal, they would probably get the same reaction, but you know, we hear it, we're like,
1: Joseph, I'm sorry I cut you off, dude. Did you have you were? Yeah, say it it's kind of
2: mood at this point. I just ah, know that okay. you were asking about like if there are different kinds of accordions for different styles. I don't know the name of the general family that they belong to, but melodicas are the same mm. type, and that's you know like a little one-handed keyboard yeah. that you play with the two. I was actually wondering if Sean, you might have fucked with it when you were like in your reggae era, because I know you played, and I was yeah. we'll talk about that. I, I
0: absolutely absolutely know how to play melodica and have solo on live so, on stage i, I so, love that you yeah. have
1: a. I love that you have a reggae area that we can get into now dude okay.
0: <laughs> we'll have to yeah. go deep deep diving into that one later for
3: sure the melodica <laughs> thing
1: the, the when the dude's got the hose in their mouth and they're actually using like what they're blowing into it in order to chain to make the noise that you're playing to produce yeah it's
2: it's it's the airflow yeah. that that produces the tone. Yeah. And the note you're playing on the keyboard only shapes the air that you're pushing through it. So, mm. and that way it's like an accordion, but with accordion, the air is being pushed by your hands pushing the thing together and pulling it back. That's like your lungs pushing air. So, yeah. 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 So, there's definitely like the technology for producing notes with a keyboard. You could just take that side, isolate it, kind of like blow it instead. And that's a melodica. There's probably something else you can use for like shreddier type of whatever that class of instrument is so is it similar
1: <laughs> to like vocal cords is there strings that the what's um, causing the, the, more like, a kazoo, the like a kazoo
0: type deal you know uh just like
1: yeah there's walls set up in a certain way to where when the wind or your wind or the accordion's wind hits it that with the,
2: with the accordion, it's like, um, man, I can't think.
3: <laughs> now I'm
2: uh, thinking
1: about fucking bagpipes. I
2: So we have to talk about
4: bagpipes too now. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> these are
4: all, so what do you call the kind of instrument that's like, it's not a wind instrument. It's kind of, a, but not, you know, that, that's like a. It's blue, not coming blue, from blue. your lungs. Yeah, it's I like a. I
2: didn't even answer.
4: What, 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 yeah, Joseph, you could uh, tell right us what back. that's called. An instrument that uses like, check air Ian's...
2: pressure. Air pressure. Dude. He says, uh, Ian says it's the free read family. Wind?
4: Oh, it is wind. Okay. Is
2: it? It is. Cause I mean, it's not coming
0: from your lungs, but it's the bellows that's pushing wind mm-hmm. through the instrument. You know, okay. the pitch.
4: All right. All right. Nice. Yeah. Um, but you know, it's like, you got like brass and woodwinds and then like wind or like, I don't know what the difference between those and wind instruments, but, uh, but brass and woodwinds are is brass a wind instrument or no
0: they, they are the woodwind is because of the reed it's like it oh, vibrates okay, the reed, yeah. with, uh, therefore creating the note whereas with the brass instrument you have to use your lips to create an embouchure like there's a weird shape to like and then your lips vibrate together to make the actual uh hiss, right like g sharp or whatever it's super weird but it's cool okay, though.
4: so Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. So, but like, but like, a, like a, but a back. Okay. So, like, like an accordion is just like there's no like you know breath or mouth. Like it's just like that's the 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 instrument. But yeah, like just your just bag... your
0: arms like this basically. Exactly. The but bagpipe, bag... you know, like this. they are like.
4: But don't they have you know, something in their mouth of the bagpipe?
0: You're right. Actually, they do.
3: They do. Don't I'm they? not I'm yeah. sure if the mechanism or knows. something.
2: Yeah, I think is it a is it a dual read? Is it two reeds like a um, air tube. oboe, or maybe it's just you blow air into an instrument. I actually don't know. Air tube. Okay.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm intrigued by this. This bagpipe discussion this is a, <laughs> for me.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I'm also not really down with bagpipes. Uh, so um, the closest I'll get is the harmonium, which is the Indian version of a accordion and it's used Ooh. in like, uh, like Krishna Das kind of like yoga music, which I fuck with. Um, I I I'm kind of you know kidding. I like Balkan music a lot. I like the technicality of it. I just I have like a visceral like I'm just not the tonality of an accordion when it's not doing something really cool. It has that grating sensation on my ears. Yeah. It's like yeah, you don't like the
0: timbre of it. Okay, it sounds like polka
4: stuff. You know, like people the...
2: say that about saxophone, but... and I I play saxophone, so I know when people say what something, you're you? like offended. I'm like no, fuck you, nah, man.
4: man. <laughs> There's... All the 80s fucking movies, like all the like scenes that it was like, oh, the saxophone started, you knew what was about to happen. You know, it's like, <laughs> dude, <the> saxophone's saxophone. <laughs> no, but like the thing about the saxophone that people don't really understand is like, dude, have you ever like played with a saxophone player like right in front of you or had somebody just shred a saxophone like right in front yeah. of you, like, like on your bed or like, you know, in your room or like it is like, it sounds rad like right in front of you or like playing in a little jazz combo and it's a dude who just is really good. Mm-hmm. It's fucking yeah. so sick, but like on a record, I don't know. It just doesn't have the, but then it does with the eighties jams, but it's not the same as like a live sack. Like those instruments, like you have to feel them like, or even like a yeah. tuba, like, or something like sitting in front of a tuba, dude, you're just like, what? Like it's a boom, boom, boom. Like it's, it, <laughs> you feel it in your whole body. Like, so like, like those instruments were like physical, like you feel, yeah. it, you feel, you know? And so like on a record, they translate. And like a lot of instruments translate well on recording whatever that's you know of course how that's evolved over the years but like but but you know it's just like
1: some don't translate the same you know my first ever introduction to yeah. the professor he was playing saxophone and an improv jam oh that's ex- another example oh
4: yeah duh exactly
1: yeah that was literally the first yeah. musical video i ever watched of the professor was him playing saxophone with diego and casey
0: yeah, that was fun. <laughs> I think I remember that video actually. Oh yeah, I think I do remember that one. But uh, what was I going to say? Oh yeah, the sax playing on that. Remember that one Eson solo record? But there's like freaking mm. A string guitars and sax. I actually didn't mind that. That actually sounded all right.
2: Hmm.
0: Yeah, that I was a great record.
2: That. Yeah, I love that. But
0: one um, but to answer the original way back question, yeah, when I was in band in like sixth grade, going into middle school, my parents asked me to what is play one i was like uh can i play the saxophone of course that was my first go to like i want to but too expensive so they're like how about this clarinet mm.
4: that's, a good, that's uh, it, a good it
0: really wasn't for me this wasn't thing. Like, i ended up not taking it seriously i ended up as like last chair like the worst clarinetist like in all the band I kept trying to like challenged my way up past these two girls that were sitting in front of me. And it was like and of course it was all chicks in the clarinet set. So I was like the only guy. So just like I was miserable. Eventually when I got this like this like dental thing, like a retainer or something, and like seventh grade, I used that as my excuse to like, oh, I can't play with this thing in. So I'm done. And just like kind of kicked it to the curb.
3: Yeah. But
0: I um uh, later on, much later on, I would like appreciate. Some of the stuff I learned all these years back in band. Like by the time I picked up a guitar, I didn't even know what a scale was anymore. Like when they introduced like scales and chords, I was like, what the hell is a scale? Like that's that's how like much I had forgotten. But later on, I connected the dots like, oh, it's exactly like the things that they made me play on the freaking clarinet. It's on a fretboard mm-hmm. now. And then kind of started, you know, synapses started firing and light bulbs started turning on yeah i started figuring it out from that but i mean i mean when you're a kid you don't always appreciate uh, the stuff that your, you know your parents are trying to get you to do i wish i had like taken up piano when i was younger i didn't start doing that till community college you know when i started going there to study music and stuff uh learning that and then doing the ear training stuff was probably far and away the most beneficial stuff i've ever done to advance myself as a musician
1: like ear training what do you mean
0: like, learning uh, how to identify different intervals by ear. So, like, if, if I were to play a key on the piano and then play a different key, I'd be like, Anthony, what's the distance between those two notes? And you'd be like, oh, that's a oh, flat fifth or a, a major seventh or something like that. Whoa, okay. And then once you can hear the math, basically, that is music, Like then you can start yeah. to see it in your imagination. Like, the fretboard patterns start popping in and you start hearing stuff like, Instead of melodies you already know from popular songs, like then you might start hearing original melodies of your own start popping in your head and, and you'll be able yeah. to identify what the intervals are for the training.
4: So. it's gnarly are the audition uh things for colleges, like audition tests for that kind of stuff, and they just throw everything at you and it like the different different levels, and then like it just gets so insane. But by the end, you're like, What people can do that? You're like, I don't even like know what you know. And like, uh, I remember I did at SF state and like, and it was like the classical ear training test. Like, and I like went in just kind of like, I hadn't even really, I had done ear training before, but I sucked at it and I was uh-huh. like, Oh, it's solfege. I got to learn, you know, you know, don't like all this fucking, and I was just like, fuck, I suck at this so bad. And, uh, dude, the test was like the beginning parts were pretty easy. Like the the first part, you know, so they place you, you know? And it was like, okay, it's pretty easy, pretty easy. And then it's just like, by the end, it was like Bach pieces with like four species fucking whatever. Or like, I don't know how different, four different like notes going at the same time or whatever, like counterpoint. And and you're like, you're just like, I'm just like laughing as I'm doing it. Like this is so (laughs) insane. Like how the fuck do people just, can they just like take a test and hear like four different melodic or four different notes you know interacting together on four different points and like write them all out perfectly like <sighs> like and to hear all that is just like
1: it's like hey, a wine nice, sommelier man. dude uh, who uh, could pick uh, out like all the right. tones yeah. of a, a glass of wine or something like that you know yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. it's it, it's
2: it's exactly that it's like training yeah. a sensitive uh a sensory yeah. organ but to be you,
4: super I didn't get all into classical stuff, but you do learn. Like you, you learn how to like. There's like a technique. There's a way to do it, you know. And we did ear training in a different sense, like on the jazz shit. But it was like still, it was like from a different angle. But like, but that the 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 classicals focuses a lot on the counterpoint stuff and species counterpoint, like. And so there's, like, different amounts of notes at the same time, and you have to, like, identify them all as individual and how they interact with each other. There's rules you're not supposed to break and all this kind of shit of, like, note directions and interactions. But, but yeah, but, like, but it's, dude, to to be able to just, like, be that good at it and hear all those things and be able to nail a test like that, fuck, dude. dude. <laughs> I'm, <like, laughs> I'm going to break it up.
1: Sean, real quick, uh, I, every time I look at it's actually... you. Yeah, I think
4: you're frozen, bro.
1: You've, you've, you've caught up, you you've actually, out of all the people on the show, I think it's a... a there it is, Bill. Oh, he's back. Oh, he's he's right back nice. as soon as we said something.
4: Backstreet. Nice.
1: You, back. you had a nice little, like, side yeah. smile, though. It was, yeah, it, yeah. It. it was a good, like, freeze good spot, though. How, how free do they, they, always,
4: <laughs> <laughs> they always seem to freeze in such good moments,
1: you know, or <laughs> <laughs> It was like... And it like freezes, like it's
3: like
1: some... <laughs> <laughs> too funny. Um, we're gonna dude. I was just gonna say the word species. species talk By the way, I watched that, that movie recently and it was great again. Oh, yeah, dude. Shout out, dude. But that's crazy oh. that there's species of what? Of uh, uh, uh when it, when oh. you're talking species in music, what does that mean?
0: Well, I think he's referring to the SATB, which is like soprano, alto, tenor, and bass. Those are the four voices that you're going to be dealing with
3: when you mm.
0: The bass obviously is going to be your baseline, the very bottom. The soprano is going to be the like the high voice yeah. at the very, very top, and then. But
3: this is
1: oh. now like personified music for me a little bit more. If you think about it, it's like four voices, species. I'm starting to like well, maybe. That's-
4: species is relating to the counterpoint oh. like the method of writing or composing or orchestration or what are the math of like how you're putting this together the the notes voice are we leading, box. Yeah. yeah voice leading exactly and and like like box stuff like you know okay so anthony you know like when you hear a classical song and it goes like like it's like my hands are getting cut up But say it's like Come like on one ear like do, did the other ear is all de, 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 de". and it comes together yeah. like be, be, de, 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 de. like together. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. basically
0: what we're talking about. That's okay. Yeah. Sometimes so one there's... voice will be going up, the other one's going down at the same time. So this this contrast happening, and then they'll come yeah. together and meet in the middle, and like all exactly. that exciting stuff
4: happens. That's all it is, dude. I mean, it's not all it is, but and that's why I like Bach is so genius and of course everyone after that or, or and whatever Bach's just like kind of the like He's the guy yeah like point, of that. especially because like the way that tuning or equal temperament or all that bullshit whatever like how that was all formulated like and kind of decided on around that time like i don't know so but but Bach just is the perfect counterpoint like contrapuntal whatever all that I'm not a classical guy but like all that stuff like
1: just guttural reef wants you to play that piano in the background i can
4: go go demonstrate if you want really
0: (laughs) (laughs) it's not a real
1: piano (laughs) all the money that this actually none of us get when i say none of us get paid it's all of us except for casey casey's getting all the money from this (laughs) (laughs) dollars that we're making from the show and yeah. He's got a nice on an ocean side. I'm just like, yeah, guys,
4: we just don't have any t shirt
0: money, man. Like,
4: <laughs> yeah, no second, no. Shout, shout out
0: too, to, to Lele Gruber for being like the, the German guy who knows all about counterpoint and then also to like yeah. break every every single one of those rules on purpose. Like, all yeah. like, you can't use parallel fifths and blah, blah, blah. He's yeah. like, watch this. Watch like, this. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
4: exactly.
3: <laughs> no, well, that's that's the whole
4: thing dude that's the jazz thing too, a lot of it, and, or like blues and all that kind of stuff. Just like, no, we're going to fuck this whole thing is going to be seven chords or major chords. It's like it's a four, you know, one, four, five. Like this is just, nah, this is what we're doing. 12. Oh, no, we're going to do fucking three lines of four bars. Like, you know, like just kind of creating your own staple. And then this creates this beautiful thing out of it with the defiance against. All the western mm-hmm, classical mm-hmm. stuff which is great but western classical music gets to a point where it's almost like religion or a religion where it's almost yeah. like it must be this way this is how it's proper this is you know and it's just very like dogmatic, yeah. you know yeah it's very dogmatic yeah so like that's what i love about jazz and all that stuff and i'm i mean i love a lot of jazz but i'm not like always listening to jazz like jazz jazz but i love i came from jazz or i went to jazz more from a, either prog rock fusion jazz like you know king crimson Aldi miola like all that mixed yeah. together you know ahavishnu like all that into like well, oh i loved then uh, jazz just was like a natural progression but i like kind of look at it as like an older genre of the same spawn out and like funk and everything from it and yeah.
1: dude, it's just like endless like i mean dude, cool even music before music it. even before music once there was rules there was rule breakers and the rule breakers kind yeah. of you know, uh, progressing shit to show people that we can yeah. actually get, get outside the boundaries well, of
4: the perfect thing about rule. Okay. So the perfect analogy here is okay. Well, what about fucking film composers? Like just like breaking all the classical rules to like, they, they make classical music, like literally like with orchestras and they break every single rule and do whatever the fuck they want and, mm-hmm. and make com- compositions for films. Like it's like a different focus of what your music is trying to achieve like yeah. okay classical okay we're just trying to make this music to please the rich people or or create mozart whatever like to just please the elites and and it's like written in a way for a certain purpose or it's beautiful or it's so like perfect and this and that right but it's like or like even art and painting same thing you know but it's like the mona lisa or something like that you know but it's like basically but like to be just completely like no, we're gonna just completely do it different like for this other purpose like it's like oh we're trying to
1: achieve something
4: completely different like you know
1: yeah so we're gonna we're gonna paint yeah. a painting of the mona lisa getting bent over dude <laughs> yeah
3: <laughs> all right i will pick up and then like a yeah. sure. thousand yeah. like right. yeah.
2: yeah. dominoes later you have like <clears throat> or someone yeah oh, like it. molesting an instrument in japan oh my or goodness somewhere. i mean luckily
0: not all the classical music was made just for sunshine i I mean at least in 20th century classical music yeah really started entering the atonal like the Penderecki and the stuff that's in the oh yeah i mean
4: real nasty even the russian composers were doing that back in the day like even tchaikovsky and shit like way back but of course chopin and all those guys and you know all the yeah
0: yeah dude and, right, and,
4: right. and composers did shit too like all i mean almost all of them have these like works that are like completely nuts and like holy shit this could be death metal you know or like whatever yeah. really, like, thinking of it that way or this could be a, a score for like you know this crazy horror movie or something like that but the point is that like the intention of like what the music is is specifically for and having complete control over that is just such a rad like like or even take like john carpenter or something like or or, yeah guys like that you know but i mean like but just to to but also film composers or like with this and that like to i don't know or even like the minimalist guys like philip glass and stuff like minimalism and stuff like just you, they're all different like focus like intentions of what the music is and it's very clear what it is but it's also very unique and different to their yeah whatever their thing and it's so rad to be like okay it's classical music it's this and that but it's like well this is for a film and this part's going to be like super nuts and there's going to be like avant-garde craziness because it, it's there's a purpose like and we're trying right. to create that whereas like oh you can't break that rule but here's here or whatever you, you know and even though classical does that in, in certain performances movements or how that's distributed on based on that but like people don't necessarily think of classical music off the top of their head as like the most insane music they've ever heard you know but when they and they might not think of that with a movie movie soundtrack but that they like put on a movie soundtrack and then they just, if you just like put on the predator soundtrack or something, like, <laughs> just like listen to it in your house and put like a fireplace on it. You're just like, I'm losing my mind. Right <laughs> like, this is rad, but like also awesome. what the
1: fuck? Dude? Because you're missing a piece of the main thing. So that, that yeah, music exactly. was made to, context, to, dude. to dude. Dude. be alongside this imagery, you know, and that's and, what most people think about
4: death metal. Okay. End of story.
1: Yeah.
0: yeah. All uh, the, all the like soundtracks yeah. were those 90s action movies where they'd be like yeah, weird yeah, sounds of like dudes banging on metal with like metal bars like cum,
4: cum. yeah exactly yeah. dude in terminator 2 you know that sound at the beginning that whoa! it's a, it's a, fucking, <laughs> yeah. it's a vacuum cleaner
3: <laughs> are you
4: fucking serious i saw the making of one yeah something what? like that years ago and it's like that beginning where this like and they're in the future, and the things are flying around, and then the guy crushes the skull, and they're like in the the, the war zone of the future, the beginning of Terminator Two. Yeah, that's a vacuum cleaner going See, dude, rah,
1: that's all. I mean that that goes that goes all the way back to what what is yeah. that uh, a foley artist? Is mm. that who uh, like, foley?
4: Yeah, that's like you know yeah. recording sound effects basically,
1: finding whatever yeah. objects you can use on radio or whatever to yeah, yeah. accentuate the story that's being told you know bricks smashing the other as a gunshot yeah. you know? <laughs> I took yeah,
4: a class in high school at MiraCosta College here in Oceanside and it was like all they were talking all about Foley all the time they're like dude Foley is so cool you can like <laughs> they're gonna smash something and record it and that's like your job. you know it's like whoa you get, like a sledgehammer and like smash this thing and you like record it and that's like your, your task for the day like, <laughs> <laughs> like you gotta get a really good smash sound you know <laughs> walk on like glass and stuff or like you know it's cool
0: i don't nah, know i mean i gotta think that like i mean, sp- so just talking about action movies in general i mean that's got to be a pivotal part of why metal music especially in the late 80s early 90s and, and beyond was just so good because i mean that was those are the movies that i was raised on by my dad he's like you gotta make sure you watch Predator. you gotta watch die hard you gotta watch yeah basically any anything that's got bullets explosions
3: like
0: (laughs) hammers like you name it like i mean i knew all those movies like the back of my hand by the time i was like uh that's such a
1: 90s dad thing to do but those movies
3: that's what i was saying
1: I know, that's, a, that's, a good, that's a really good point
4: to bring up too but i think also those kind of the, the way that 80s movies came out like even uh like like dark stuff like it wasn't like super dark dark you know like i think things now are just like darker in a way where it's like things more real and it's like oh it's heavy like it's dark or something but like back in the 80s it was all kind of like tongue-in-cheek a little bit or like i don't know like uh that's the right phrase but like I don't know like it was like you know it was like oh this buff dude with like it was, all, it was like fake and cheesy and, silly. It like yeah. and like like actual like it was like funny and it was like you know we look was like gi joe or something you know what i mean it's just yeah like, yeah and and dude but the point is that you make a really good point i was just thinking about that i was like it's like why was metallica so good at the same time when the movies were so good like as you were talking i was like hmm Interesting, you know, and like when did things start to suck like like with rock, like on the early night, whatever, or not necessarily yeah. there was good shit, but it, through the nineties, but it, it went tapered down and then you got to new metal and oh geez. Yeah. Well, I mean it I think over. that like <laughs> that point, when you look
1: yeah. at it like that, dude. I mean, you were just making me think of you know how we do everything dude there's a new thing that comes along and everybody tries to duplicate it replicate it do their own version of it and then it kind of gets distilled down into something that is valuable enough to pass on to the next generation and then they take that distilled version and then they open it back up and they do their things and then there's a replication replication and then that gets slowed down yeah (laughs) but it is i've I've had enough
0: of the reboot like all the remakes of remakes of remakes i'm yeah over it like, well dude it's like
1: if we're talking about film fuck yeah dude they need yeah. to come
2: up with some yeah. new shit yeah. for sure
4: dude. there was that's just like the that one song that we never got to play but the from in time begins the uh rebirth of consciousness uh that was like the most fucked up song that we like they refused to ever play it because it was just too insane but like uh Bill's lyrics on that were like about this dude who like they were like the sickest lyrics of like all the songs, but we just never got to do it. But it was like this, 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 this entity or this being, this guy like, ba- or he becomes like God or whatever, and he like clones himself. I'm 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 totally fucking it up, by the way. But he's, <laughs> but basically something like no me, back on the- yeah, it's been like a long time. But yeah, basically it's like this this dude or whatever like. And he like clones himself infinitely. Like he keeps cloning himself, and as he does, he like diminishes, like, and becomes like this, yeah. uh, like shell of his self, like from cloning him from so many times, and like this whole trying to be God. And I don't know, man, I'm fucking it all up. But it's no, like, it
1: actually, it makes sense. Still, Bill's mad at me already. I can tell. <laughs> oh no! You no, can no, only no. use a mother plant so much before you gotta throw her out because she isn't giving off the yeah as much awesome energy as she was in the beginning. Uh, are, you talking about mother, are, you, are you
0: talking about mother plants right now? Do we have to get in her- <laughs> <laughs> I'm so down to talk about growing mother-
3: weed, I, uh,
1: I would love to have a weed growing uh, uh, conversation, dude. I, I'm always fascinated by it. Um, it's something that I've always wanted to do and I never did. We've touched um, on a lot of
4: topics tonight that we haven't really touched on before. It's been a very interesting.
1: Yeah. No, this is actually bio something bio that... Podcast general i'm I'm generally interested in and I have been for years because i would love to be able to grow my own weed and not have to buy it from anybody else and 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 i think that with all the you know people that i've listened to on podcasts and things that i've read it is something that if you do it right it's so much more um gratifying in the end when you have your crop nice and Yeah. Just like professors got right there. Just like (laughs) now we're talking weed. I'm going to fire this joint up again, but um, (laughs) yeah, I've actually the, yeah, the culture of growing weed has always fascinated me and, and I've learned a ton from that culture that made me realize what, why certain weed tastes the way it does, why it burns the way it does because there's certain steps in all the, the the process to get to the final bud product that everybody, you know, enjoys that if they don't take those steps correctly, you're gonna have a different kind of weed in the end. And I want to have the best fucking weed. So why not play God with it and because that's really what growing weed is is playing God if you're doing it indoor.
0: Okay, so some quick background on me. Uh half the reason you guys didn't see me or here me at all in my 20s is because I made pretty much 100 of my income from cannabis specifically growing cannabis toward you know my mid to late 20s I mean I started out just selling it and being part of the uh, the medical scene like most other people but eventually you know I was able to apprentice under another grower and then eventually Washington state ended up legalizing cannabis I think it was like 2011. So you're Washington
1: uh, born, right? We never got to that Washington. Yeah, born. All right. born
0: and raised. I was born in southeastern Washington, about all the way back in 1989. And most people think about it, Washington as a bunch of evergreen forests and like stuff like that. But where I live, it looks more like—I mean, where I grew up—it looks just like the game Fallout Four. Have You ever seen that? Like, and <laughs> no. like endless, like barren wastelands of deserts with like nothingness. Uh, oh shit. Oh, that's actually where they did the Manhattan Project. I don't know if you guys are
1: familiar Whoa. That. Yeah. Whoa. That's
0: where the first Ow. atomic bomb was built. And then dropped in Japan.
4: Not in, Los, not in uh, Los Alamos.
1: So that's why that sheds a little more light to why there's an atomic bomb in season three of Twin Peaks. Dude, it all makes more sense. Dude, it was right there.
0: Welcome to Washington,
1: <laughs> yeah, dude. Uh, oh, what's the real? Uh, no, no, I'm, I got one. I got one. I got one. Kwame. You guys, uh, are you guys twin geeks right now? I'm such a
0: twin
1: <laughs> right. no, but back on to you with the with the being where you're at and growing the weed,
0: but anyway, anyways, like yeah, I was I was driving past you know a freaking nuclear reactor basically on my way to work every day, like because I The farm that I first got my start in and the recreational thing with this outdoor farm in central Washington, which is only about 15 miles away from the gorge. I don't know if you guys have heard of this this massive music venue that we have over here, but uh, there's a a ton of pot farms that are within a stone's throw away just because it's a real nice, dry, arid climate out there. There's not a lot of problems with rain or anything that would cause the plants to mold out. So uh, they were doing the outdoor thing out there and uh i mean i was i was pretty like amazed when i got there because i had seen some medical gardens and worked in you know garage grows closet grows stuff like that um but this is the first time i'd ever seen you know 7k plus plants you know like 14 foot tall like yeah massive plants i'm talking like thousands as far as i could see and i thought oh wow this is like this is probably the most weed i'll ever see in my life and
1: sun-grown weed dude boy
0: was i wrong because that wasn't even close to the most amount of weed i have seen in my life <laughs> that was literally nothing compared to the next step in, in the journey. Uh, after doing that for about six months i mean i helped them get a harvest off i drove around the state trying to do the sales thing for them like you know popping apples every dispensary here at Timbuktu uh and you know the, the company didn't end up doing so well because Turns out, you know, every single other person had the idea to grow outdoor cannabis as well. The market got flooded. Blah blah. blah. We all yeah. know how that goes. So yeah. I was like, I'm going to grow indoor weed because that's what I would want to smoke. Right. And I speak for everyone when I say that. Right. Indoors better. I don't care what anyone says. Um, yeah. but <laughs> if you got but, the right,
1: if you got the right God at the helm, dude. Exactly. Uh, you're playing God, you, you're playing God when you're doing that. So if you got the right God
0: especially inside yeah because you you really are a god when you grow indoors because you have to control every single variable of the environment
1: climate everything
0: food you give it the water you give it the light you give it the air that it breathes uh, yeah co2 that it breathes sometimes totally um but anyways i ended up venturing west you know because i wanted to get closer to seattle i figured you know i was still doing the music thing playing guitar at home and stuff the whole time even though i wasn't in a band when i was doing the whole pot growing thing because guess what guys plants don't take days off they don't i mean they sleep i right. guess but i mean you pretty much have to depend on them 24 7 you can't really leave
1: you're pretty um, much thinking about them constantly because if you want to do it right you got to be on top of your shit right because things can okay. happen speed bumps can hit even if you have an indoor grow that you think that you have this perfect situation happen something can happen dude so you got to be a little more paranoid with that environment too but i mean that's what makes the good smoke in the end
0: absolutely i mean we, we we call that the honeymoon phase uh in growing when you have a brand new facility that's built Everything's working perfect. There's no problems. There's no bugs. There's no pests running around yet But I mean the longer that you have that facility running and you have these thousands and thousands of plants that smell so good Like you have all sorts of wildlife and critters crawling through the vents trying to trying to get at them eventually And, and when you and when you start to do this too on an industrial scale i'll get to in a second uh you start to see a lot of problems Uh, what's the the most
1: common what's the most common thing spider mites and shit
0: i'd say the most common thing in recreational cannabis that's a problem is going to be powdery mildew because Mm. these guys are having a really hard time regulating the moisture content in facilities when there's again thousands and thousands of plants that are all perspiring they're all breathing and putting out moisture into the air and i mean unless you have some real serious dehumidification going on to get rid of all the extra water. as you're gonna you're gonna have issues. Yeah. Um and the I guess to jump ahead, this this next facility I worked in, we're talking I was in charge of the nursery, so all the little baby plants, these cute little guys like from about this tall to this tall. Uh there's fourteen thousand plants feeding a flowering facility of forty thousand plants. So I was dealing with fifty six thousand cannabis plants in one building Guys,
3: whoa, dude! So, like,
0: I was in charge of fourteen thousand plants. Mother, personally. you're
1: saying fourteen thousand mothers?
0: No, uh, we had a mother room of like three hundred moms. That were, these are the big, big plants. But I'm talking like like baby to teen plants. <laughs> we, we grow them to about two or three feet tall before we flip them into flower. Yeah, um, but it's a it's a tall order, especially when they're all hand watered and stuff, which is why I have like tendonitis problems now. Like. This region has just been basically eviscerated from like nonstop watering with the watering wand. Like, when you just have to water fourteen thousand plants manually by hand in a day, every day.
1: And what was? Yeah. What did you say? The total was fifty
0: what? I mean, it's about fifty thousand plants total, but there's was fourteen thousand of those were just in our nursery, which are the ones that I was taking care of. <sighs>
1: dude Yeah, and that came off of three hundred mothers.
3: Yeah. So, I mean, Dude, how is.
1: prosperous that fucking plant is, dude. You know? So you think about it, was, it like it... that plant does not want to ever be phased out. That plant will go
3: past was us, more... I think.
0: I'm still doing math in my head here. So we we're harvesting about 2,000 pounds of smokable flower every month. So in the almost three years I worked there, I'd say was directly responsible for about 72,000 pounds of weed. Like Bud, smokable bud.
1: And then, so a company like that would what divvy up uh, to the smaller companies that would put their label on it and then put it in the dispensaries.
3: Yeah,
0: basically. I mean, all their stuff was all over the state. So the the grow I worked for was like the second largest in Washington. They got overtaken by another company called Fat Panda that's still around that's doing their thing, Um, real popular.
3: I like to smoke the good.
0: I like to smoke the good stuff, so I don't really mess with Fat panda because I don't like to mass produce. I'm like you guys that I mean, if, if, I, if I'm gonna if I'm gonna put something in my body, I want it to be the best of the best of the best of can Right, I know, it's got to be like living soil, never been sprayed, trimmed by hand the whole plant hang dried for you know, two weeks cured to perfection like you're speaking you're- my
1: love language dude i mean <laughs> i still get my weed from the guy who grows it and i know he's been doing it for decades and i know how he does it and the dispensary weed now i mean yeah it might be at the percentage and all that but can we really trust the mass-produced weed anymore you can't know there's, the, I'll,
0: I'll I'll tell you that right now you can't. I have worked I, in the industry and, uh, no.
1: and that's why this conversation <laughs> kind of happened because my mindset has always been like I just want to, just like my favorite meals are pretty much cooked by me or my wife, um, because I know exactly all the ingredients and all that. I know I'm being a little snobby when I'm saying that, but I just feel better about a meal when I know what's on my plate exactly you know you go out to a restaurant you don't know how they're cooking what they're cooking i'm not i i love going to restaurants guys come on i'm just i'm just saying like there's a little perk to knowing exactly everything that i'm eating so same thing with my weed i I treat it like another vegetable dude weed is like another vegetable it's like coffee to me it's like i want it to be the the high quality shit if i got if if it's in my reach right
0: yeah, yeah absolutely i mean because at the end of the day if, if you smoke anything that's older than 90 days old i mean that's that's right around the time that any kind of flower starts to degrade even if it's been a sealed glass jar it you know in the dark it it doesn't matter it's like you're not going to go to the store and buy mint or basil that's been sitting there for 90 days plus it's not going to have any smell left um a lot of people don't understand the the smell and taste of cannabis is like it gives you probably seventy percent of the high, like at least. Like yeah. the Th- the Delta Nine THC plays a very small part in it, actually.
1: I've um, never even yeah. fucked with all that crazy Delta mm-hmm. Nine shit I've been hearing about. Now I'm like, I think that's kind of crazy. So what is that? Yeah. If 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 you could shine some light on that, because I I I've been like Delta Nine THC. What the f-? It, they? It's derived from hemp, but everybody's been telling me that hemp's never had THC. So. I mean what okay,
0: fuck, so man? so like there it's delta eight, actually. That's the they're using some really funky chemical process to like break down hemp into a distillate and then fractionally distill it to remove part of it that when you add another dangerous corrosive chemical to it, basically, it like mutates it into being delta eight. So it's it's kind of a gnarly sketchy process to to make that stuff. So like <laughs> if you're if you're in a state and you're that's not legal that's watching this they like if you live in alabama or georgia or whatever and you're thinking about going to the gas station and you know getting some delta eight gummies or a vape or whatever i would seriously reconsider advice against it because i mean it's it's honestly kind of gnarly how they make that stuff you don't know where the hemp's coming from a lot of it's grown in places like china that have like high concentrations of heavy metals in the soil that are so cannabis is a great bioaccumulator. It like leaches whatever's in the soil around it directly into the plant. So if you're growing it around a bunch of heavy metals and toxic stuff, it's <laughs> gonna become the plant itself will become toxic to consume. But we're not
1: talking about Iron Maiden heavy metal. We're talking,
0: about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're talking about the gnarly
3: stuff. No, stuff but like that's natural.
1: actually scary as shit, dude. I mean, it kind of reminds me of what was the other shit that they used to push to us '90s kids the spice. legal high spice
0: That's oh, yeah. K- K2 and all that crap yeah. that
1: shit fucking always <sighs> me. I mean it's it's funny I'm sitting here saying oh that shit always scared me but I I knew about that shit because it was right next to the nitrous fucking cartridges that I was buying from the same place and yeah. I'm like that shit's gonna kill me let me get 24 pack of that <laughs> <laughs> nitrous right Easy. there but uh, that, that stuff still scared me I always just always was scared of burning something weird, and uh, but then I smoke cigarettes too. It's it's so funny how oh we we uh pick and choose what we're gonna be scared of. Like, oh dude, five hundred plus chemicals that I'm smoking into my lungs every half an hour. This fucking K two shit sounds weird as fuck, right, guys? Like, well, stupid.
0: Yeah, bad stuff all around. Just stick to just regular weed, kids. Yeah, dude. Smoke the natural shit.
1: Just drink a little beer, smoke a little weed, and I think that's all you need, dude. I shouldn't say that.
2: Dudes who look like Sean and Bill Robinson, you can trust.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's right. (laughs) right. Yep that's right uh, all right dude let's let's we?
3: steer
1: back on you let's again uh, when we go in the weeds dude by the way that just means we're having a good time so thanks for giving us a good time tonight sean um, <laughs> hey, my pleasure <laughs> oh yeah dude uh, uh, avoid the logo um so tell us about the guitar and and when that came into your life and then also you know put it into like playing with other people yeah, yeah those first situations
0: so shoot i mean it came to being in high school i mean i had started being really into listening to music because i you know i discovered bands like blink 182 and incubus and stuff like that that had distorted guitars and was a little more on the i guess aggressive side i mean it was still singing catchy pop kind of stuff but
1: I was um, in a new metal band in high school, dude. So I know what's up, dude.
0: <laughs> it was it was at least heading toward that direction, though, right? Like, yeah. Uh, but but you know, come high school, I realized to myself, like, man, like I really have no hobbies. All I do is sit around and play video games. I'm like, I suck at sports. Like, I'm, I'm what was your what, was your what was your
1: video game jam as a teenager? What was your <laughs> console?
0: Honestly, Sega Dreamcast all day. Oh man. shit. Because I realized that there's a way you could like, I know it sounds terrible. I feel bad for saying, but you could like pirate games for it really easily and like burn them to a CD and like I so saw I had like 80 Dreamcast. I had like every Dreamcast game I ever made, more than I could ever afford with my allowance or or whatever. So uh, that was kind of the way I went. I think the first console I ever had was like a Sega Genesis, uh, but I was always big into PC gaming too. Um, specifically like counter-strike like that game like the mod for that game half-life pretty much took over my whole life from like grade five to grade nine basically like when i
1: so half-life goes all the way back then i'm not a big gamer but i remember half-life you know shout out to erlen uh Kasperlin at yeah yeah did Casper- i say it right what's it it's Casperson? person i always fuck his Casperson, last name up. Yeah. dude i'm i give it up to me for always fucking up names um but he had mentioned this v- version of half-life at the time we were touring with him and i watched some gameplay of it and i was like dude this is the next generation of video games while i was watching that happen half- so but i didn't realize i thought it was like a brand new thing at that time so half-life goes all the way back to genesis
0: no 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 so i was 10 oh. years old when i got my first copy of half life i i want to say it was like 1997 or 1998 oh, sure. that okay. that game came out but again that was kind of like really in the golden years of like brutal death spell and all that stuff going on too it just kind of goes to show that like all the movies and video games and culture were kind of in sync at that time as far as like uh lending themselves to each other but anyways why were we talking about video games oh yeah because that's all i did before i decided to start learning guitar because i was like you know video games are cool but i'm probably not going to get any chicks if i just play video games
3: (laughs) all day like
0: let's Mm -hmm. just be real
1: (laughs) right right i mean mean, nowadays you could probably there's probably some video game pros that are fucking (sighs) drowning in in gamer
0: tale dude we didn't have twitch we didn't have twitch back then we didn't have i mean there was the very beginning of like competitive gaming in the late 90s like the tpl and all that stuff so like
3: it was, it was starting to become a thing but you didn't
0: have these like multi-millionaire like gaming personalities like now which still blows my mind gen z kids is like oh that's normal that's just how it's always been right And i'm like no like video game dudes used to like not get any anything at all Like yeah more yeah, yeah. money Like. But, uh, you know, thank goodness that I felt that way because otherwise I would have never picked up a guitar. So one day I was like, Mom, Dad, I want to play guitar. And my dad got real worried for things like you better not get into drugs or any other <laughs> weird rock and roll stuff. And I'm just like,
1: it's like really? you're, you're the one who showed me all the rock,
0: bro. No, I mean, right? Like, I mean, Led Zeppelin, come on. I mean, <laughs> come on, Led dude. Zeppelin. They were doing that stuff to the man You put me you down always. the path. Come I mean, it just says, yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, my mom was like, oh, no music it's good you know because she, when she thinks of music it's only right. like you know songs jesus bob dylan bl- candle blowing the wind crap like that so it's is like yeah can't imagine like the possibility of me one day playing like addicted <laughs> to vaginal skin or you know whatever fucking <laughs> <Catalyst> <laughs> corpse song title um but uh sorry mom by the way if you watch this uh for like dropping that one there but it's all uh, good, anyway anyway it's like i love you, anyways, I love like, you mom <laughs> Anyways, yeah, so, I mean, at first I was, like, of course, like, trying to, like, learn basic, basic stuff on guitar, like Incubus, and, like, I started looking at some tabs for, like, Irish folk music, and, like, it kind of, but, I, like, when I first started playing guitar, guys, I'll, I'll just be honest, I, I was not naturally gifted in any way, like, I, I literally couldn't even do this without, like, just my pick flying across the room, I couldn't strum a chord to save my life, like, I, I was bad.
1: That actually great. no I like to hear that dude because hearing your are playing now I told you pre-pod I'm you know and a newer fan because of us doing this episode and Joseph bringing you guys to my, our attention and um it actually makes that stuff more powerful knowing that that it started like that you know cuz I mean if you told me that you just picked up and you were fucking you know Steve Vai right off the bat then no. <laughs> then that wouldn't that would, i I'd, I'd actually probably it would almost diminish the music a little bit it, it just you know when egos get involved i'm not i i still love bludgeon i'm just saying you know like hearing you say that you know you stumbled in the beginning of starting the instrument that you can you're you're a master of today it's oh, uh, that's a cooler story you know
3: yeah I mean, if you're I playing
1: always... that if you're playing that kind of shit that fast you're a master of your instrument um,
0: right? you know i just remember feeling like disheartened when i very first started because i was where i was on guitar and then i talked to some other kid who just he was like oh, what's the first song you ever learned they'd be like oh sanitarium by metallica and i'd be like i can't even i can't even come close to beginning to play that song i mean looking at it now i mean it's it's not much of a challenge but you know Starting out, it looked so daunting. Like, I was, like, actually, like, so intimidated by that song. Uh, most Metallica songs, honestly. And, I mean, and e- even now, as, like, a more advanced, I guess, I've been playing guitar for almost 20 years now, so I can say I've gotten a little more advanced since then. But, like, even to do justice to Metallica songs, to make it sound the way James Hetfield does, it's actually really hard. Like, to downpick every note and to, like, get all the inflections and the timings and to follow Lars's <laughs> fucked up weird drumming, like, it's, it's it's actually pretty tough, like, beyond what a beginner could ever Oh, for sure, to dude. Is, you know?
1: To, to uh, cite another person who's been on the show, Wes from Alluvial, he's I recently saw a video of him, uh, it was just a little peek into his lessons or whatever, I forget who posted it, sorry, I can't cite it right now, but, um, very recently, and, and you just see that Wes, it's, it's not just playing the riffs. Wes has got it in his hands. Like the Wes that we hear is because of his hands and how he's playing it and how precise he plays those riffs, too. But it, it's in the hands, I think, more than we talk about. On paper, Absolutely. you know, a necrophage song is a necrophagia song on paper. But Muhammad does have his his hands that not only created those riffs, but he knows exactly what he's supposed to do in certain places.
0: I think, we, I think we can bring up the disgorge thing here because this really applies because... If you just look at, like, a guitar profile, let's say, of, like, a Discord song, it doesn't even come close to conveying the intricacies of, like, all you have to do. The subtle, not just tempo changes, but, like, there are times where, like, Ricky will spontaneously decide to start speeding up on the drums, and, like, Diego has to, like, follow what he's doing and, like, react instantly. So there's, like, accelerandos, there's decelerandos, there's retardandos, there's, like, all this like crazy classical stuff going on that like kind of defies regular notation like uh, it's not just like a simple to a click track kind of drum machine type thing like periphery or whatever where everything is like perfectly on the grid like they're, they're more of like an r b thing where they're like playing inside and outside of time and like around it and like dancing with it it's like
1: so when you when you guys that know how to speak this language and you're having a conversation together and you start to talk about accelerandos and all this and then somebody's like well what about a retardando and does everybody <laughs> kind of like skip a beat when somebody Retarded. says it now? <laughs> that's, right, like, no, honestly, that, I'm that's a, to be that's a hard said, word that's a word that's retard very... it's retardando retardando well
0: i R-I, retard
2: well because it, it starts <laughs> yeah the root the root is slow and i'm assuming that's where like retarded comes from also is like mentally slow right um, yeah. but i mean no it's just context it's i like, know but everybody it, kind
1: it, of like when they know they have to say it i know I, that most people i'm sure i learned right the word before re- they're gonna say it. they're like fuck i'm gonna say the R word right now in this, this word. <laughs> Mm-mm. It's not
2: like that. I can no. It's not like
0: that. Especially if you're talking to classical people, like they get it.
3: Like it's, I, I learned that Very word before nice. I
2: learned the yeah. word retarded or whatever. So it's usually, <laughs> yeah. written, it's usually
4: yeah. written just like R I T, like a little dot. You sometimes. Yeah.
1: Yeah. R-I-T. Rit, dude. Rit. Actually, the yeah, professor eat, is yeah. the one who taught me about accelerant. Acceler- is, acceler- yeah. is it? Accelerando or accelerant? That's accelerando. simple though. You just accelerate, Because of uh, imperial triumphant. There was, there was this one part in Imperial Triumphant, excuse me. Um, there's this one part where he speeds up and slows down and on his hand only while everything else is keeping the steady one, two beat that he's doing, like, you know, really slow black metal blast beat, but his hand is is Accelerating up yep. and faster and then comes back down to meet the hands and then accelerates up again it's crazy and i was like dude that 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 to me because i've i've heard syncopation i've heard plenty of mashug, i've heard all this other things where drummers um separate their limbs and do all these different timings with their limbs but i had never seen somebody flow through all those timings where you really feel like that limb has no uh tether to what's going on outside of it
2: yeah i mean any limb or like your entire body going off grid that is like the the biggest uh like it's it's endemic to all jazz and like most classical but it's antithetical to like all modern pop all edm like it's It's the biggest divide in music today is like between music that is gritted and music that is not gritted. And death metal is like straddling it for sure because there's like (laughs) uh, so much modern production depends on the ease. Like I couldn't do any of the session work i do if it wasn't gridded out like to well, a click. exactly so. yeah
4: yeah and like also i mean it's just the whole history of it like like a lot of the bands back in the day didn't do it historically and then it became more popular as time went on and bands that were like like i mean i'm sure there's bands that are still i don't know if candle will use as a click they probably don't i have no idea but like but like but uh like with a band like black dolly or something or like you know they're, these bands that were just like going and they're like they use a click they're like super on point all the time
3: uh-huh.
4: um but like that wasn't i i feel like further back that wasn't as popular obviously like what i never did like with any bands really and then except for like recording <laughs> and stuff kind of you know um mm-hmm. that was more later on but yeah i'd make like a scratch guitar track with click on it or something well but like, like yeah
3: Real quick,
1: before you go into it, I just (laughs) want to say the song that I was mentioning, Atomic Age, it's off of Alphaville, Imperial Triumphant. Listen to that song. Listen to his snare hand very uh, meticulously throughout that song. And shout out to Kenny Grosky. I'd love to have you on the show. Been talking about you for years, and we'd love to talk to you about this one specific part and everything else around it.
3: Hell yeah.
0: So suffocation. That's the band that I feel like was the first band that I heard that was really doing the retard on an xlr thing as a band. Like I saw them live for the first time at like this place called Rock and Roll Pizza in Portland, Oregon. It doesn't exist anymore. But seeing them at the end of songs, like slow down together as a band, like as if they all had ESP, was like the most impressive, craziest thing to me musically that I could ever think of and they weren't using click tracks it was just all like they were just that in tune from like rehearsing together so much right i thought that was like the the coolest craziest thing ever
1: (laughs) well don't you think that it is like you feel that catching a wavelength in the jam space so you've been in the jam space to where you've looked you've everybody's so on point that night to where you all look at each other like holy shit dude this is happening right now and we're fucking sick, and let's ride this wave as long as we possibly can. Like that feeling is what we're chasing on stage, and to get it on stage too, and then have it be translated and understood by you as the audience member. That's the whole fucking thing right there, dude. Like you caught the vibe that they caught on stage that they tried to take back from the jam space to that stage, and they, they, Successfully did it, you know, and pass that energy to you as the the witness. We did it; you witnessed it, <laughs> you know.
0: Oh yeah. yeah, suffocation is definitely good at that. I mean, I,
1: <laughs> dude, they're they're
0: good at it. Yeah, they're like year, yeah, they're the top tops here, and and I think yeah, they kind of started that tradition, but even. Talking about the changing of the times, though. I mean, if you listen to their live in Quebec live album, and then you go and listen to the 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 final North America live album, like back to back, you'll hear the difference. One of them, the Canada album, sounds like they're not playing to a click. It's like raw audio. Like it's you can hear all the slop or like the speed ups and slowdowns. But you you go listen to the live in North America with like Frank's last performance. It is so to the grid, so edited. Either, either they're playing through a click, or they just straight up like re-recorded all the guitars and drums after the fact, because it sounds like note for note, even tighter than most of their albums do. So I'm just like, huh. But either way, it's like yeah. you know the the popular what people wanted changed at some point to where Nuclear Blast was like, yo, like we gotta make this live album like
3: to the grid as
0: much as humanly possible. It sounds great. Don't get me wrong. Like I love jamming to the first from within version of that, even more than the actual album because like everything is on point like you don't have to memorize when he speeds up or slows down like you you know the exact tempo it's at and stuff it's a little less
3: mm-hmm. stressful
1: <laughs> yeah I, I I think that Dave Colross on drums was one of the most to the album sounding suffo performances that I had heard seeing dave with suffo at regency ballroom um i'm sitting there just waiting for cole ross to do something different than the album and he was just there every single note that i you know as from what i can understand while i'm sitting there paying attention to everything that's happening eyes closed listening and i'm just like dude this is the most in the pocket I've ever heard a death metal drummer is Dave Colross that night with suffo dude. And I, I'm just so happy that, you know, we can, we all have those experiences, right? All four of us can think of a long list of times where we're at a live show and something pulls us even deeper into just being out at a live show. There's times where you forget where you're even at. Cause you're just so deep into what you're listening to and those are the things that were really i'm i'm paying for all these tickets that i've ever paid for over 30 years of going to shows or whatever i'm i'm chasing that it, it is kind of a drug like i'm waiting to just be pulled yeah. into it <laughs> and involuntary things happen my body moves without me fucking you know telling it to move or i'm i'm just like sucked into what's happening and suffo can do that cynic can do that so atheists has done that like so many bands that i've seen can do that to me and why am i why 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 are we why did i get to, onto this part
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: it's
0: all good man Feeling the feeling the vibes the good vibes
1: yeah dude i mean that's what it is it's just, it's just like i love this shit and get out of the logo get it get it I love this shit and and what you were just bringing up Suffo. That's what it is. You brought up Suffo. It made me remember what it was like to see Suffo live. I haven't seen him in a while. I think I'm overdue for a Suffo situation.
0: Although part of me does wish Ricky would just jump back behind the drum kit, and bring back Discord. disgorge. Come on, bro. come on. Wow, why, come on.
1: why? We got professor. We got the professor doing that to violently vomit shit. Bro. It's just
0: because of the attachment to the name, I guess. Really. Yeah, I know. I, know. I, I know. Everyone knows TVV is disgorge right now, basically. Yes. Yeah, he's
1: really nice. You want you it's want deep. the disgorge? I tell you right now. I've seen disgorge with Ricky. I've seen disgorge with the professor at both times i was fucking getting the fuck down dude i was sweating actually watching joseph i was not even in death metal attire i was dressed to the gills like ready to go out to a nightclub wearing a collared shirt and shit and i'm shit. i'm fucking head banging in dress shoes and shit I'm, i should be wearing sandals but i got dress shoes on at that time but that's what that's what i'm saying like the professor still brings that vibe dude
0: I guess the main reason I brought up the disgorge after Cepho is that that's like Disgorge kind of took what suffocation started with the ex- exploration with timing, like speeding up together, slowing down together. And they kind of took it to another extreme. Like even in, in Moonfall scabs, there's at least a handful of times when like Ricky will like start to speed up on the recording on purpose and has to like follow behind him and like doing all this kind of off the grid kind of stuff that any other lesser band would get lost or they'd fall off or, or not be able to pull it off but I mean, yeah and in my do, statement i'm
1: not discrediting ricky at all but i love ricky he's a fucking great drummer and actually it's a solid fucking flex to be like you know what i'm gonna i've been drumming in one of the most technical death metal bands on the planet for some time you know what i'm just gonna fucking stop doing that i'm gonna jump on vocals for one of the most pioneering brutal death metal bands on the planet I mean, and yeah. kill it <laughs> like he's basically saying like i could do it all motherfuckers i need to see him i need to see him play uh guitar and some other legendary band now and then he could just be like yeah i'm I, that's the biggest death metal flex but joseph still fucking rules on that shit he could still fucking rip that shit hard dude
0: I mean, I'm huh? I, I mean, I, Joseph's videos are the ones I was practicing to, and I was <laughs> learning these freaking songs, honestly, like the, the rehearsal videos with you and Diego. Like, when I was learning Loom, I mean, that was like the main one I was fucking rehearsing to because it's like, again, he got it tighter than the actual album, basically.
2: <laughs> oh, <laughs> um, yeah, I, I am a little bit of a, a more gritty kind of like, you know, on the deed side rather than the, the free timey type side for for playing through that material. And some of the Ricky stuff is um like really weird for me. Like the end of um the Consume the Forsaken album, um Divine Suffering. It's like dun 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 Like that is the most out he will get because he cannot play like a slow Suffo beat. It's like dun 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 You know what I'm talking about. I know the part you're talking about. Yeah. That's like the ultimate, like, and it's super brutal, but I like can't do it like that. I'm like, that goes against all my musical inclinations. Like I have to be either dun 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 da da, like be right on with the in tempo, yeah. Or I have to like change the blast beat so that it like fits that tempo, but um, or I'll go like dun 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 dun, you know, like yeah. So yeah, so uh, so those mannerisms or whatever like they they' it's a, it's a very strict kind of brutality of just like only a certain amount of tempos are sick and only a certain and like you can't break those. and if if it's like trying to fit like a little, I don't know a square into a circle peg, you're just like, nope, you're just plowing through it and just doing it anyway. just destroy the the barrier. Um, and it's fun to, to to play in a style that's like a little hard you know like what the source material is but in honesty like it's just you look at diego and you just follow his cue i'm not trying to lead the way ricky would maybe lead diego i'm trying to follow diego most of the time although there's a point now where i kind of have like earned a little bit of trust and my own respect i'm like i think i can kind of like set a little bit of the feel here so
0: there you go there you go yeah i mean you're right there's some there's some weird shit in some of the discord drum parts like on dissecting the part where it's like it's almost like a, it's almost like a swing for like a half second, and then just straight into blasting.
2: Oh uh, yeah, I mean weird that. Yeah, the the consume and um the the you know the last the parallels album like um Ricky's like cymbal work is really amazing, and you know he'll keep just a da 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 da, and then he'll he'll be all over and there's a lot of subtleties <laughs> in what his other hand does. It's really worth like getting into and um, learning from, um, and who, you know, I, 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 that's just the record, bro. Consume is still the, the goat.
3: It is. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Consume.
1: Um, I think, it, yeah, it was disgorge, fully fleshed out. It was,
2: I'll drop a little, little, uh, time piece here that, um, for the gulf coast we're bringing back a song from uh cranial that i've never played yet hell yeah i won't say which song it is so it'll be a little surprising but i still have to learn it um it's off the second half so that's the earlier demo the, the actual yeah, yeah yeah that's the self title i forget which one is which one but yeah and then we're adding another song from parallels too so the last, and the last oh, first.
1: yeah actually Discord and sever did the same thing for forced to bleed is uh the previous release adding a few songs up front you know yeah yep but it
2: makes it super confusing for the discog heads to like <laughs> try to keep it all <laughs> keep track of it all yeah um, but dude, I don't know. We're, we've been going 10 or sorry, 10, 10 minutes and two hours. Um, I want to make sure we we talk about like bludgeoned and violence <laughs> for, for a while, yeah. Um, That's just fair, just you fair. know hit hit the key points. Not yeah, everything's been good so far, yeah. So fair, maybe fair. you want to catch us up a little bit. I, I okay, let's actually, I want to hear about the reggae, the reggae, yeah. Ah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: All right, all right, so. I don't know what happened basically like you know i i kind of got some trouble with the law my my late teens early 20s and kind of fell out with all like my metal friends like i i pretty much was like fucking basically i was driving a car when i shouldn't have been driving a car no one got hurt or anything like that but i ended up going to jail and all my metal friends kind of fell out and didn't want to talk to me as much because Maybe it was like a reminder of what could happen to them if they kept going on the path a lot of them were going on too. Yeah. So at that point, I was like, well, I play guitar. I guess I'll just explore other avenues of music and kind of just started going to like open mic nights at like bars since I was 21. And that's when I discovered a lot of like others, I guess, traditional styles of music, like blues and funk and other jam band stuff, obviously, and then and reggae um which i mean most people get into reggae why because like weed's awesome and they think that's cool but (laughs) after after a while i started realizing there was elements of it that i was so drawn to that was kind of similar to the stuff i liked about metal music like the really raw and unconventional recordings like uh the drum sounds like i mean the the ping snare is like ubiquitous in reggae music as well as like slam and stuff like that so I mean, I mean if you look into the lyrical matter of of, of reggae music especially like Bob Marley's music, it's yeah. a lot about violence and strife and like this, this right. like visceral struggle in the third world kind of environment that's more nightmarish and, and hellish than most of the stuff that we in this country could barely even imagine you
1: know, like uh, Yep. and if we talk reggae real quick, yeah for the like elitist, this probably isn't a good example, but this is always my example. I use. For people who just listen to reggae because they're on the beach and they're having they have their cocktail and you know people are playing volleyball in the background and you got reggae and just the vibe makes you you know it's a beach feel whatever but if you actually dive deeper into it um there's a lot of like strong deep messages that happen lyrically in like 98 degrees in the shade by third world everybody it's oh, a great let song get, let me it's a f- killer that's a great, song. It's a great oh, song. that's a great song bro um but you know most people they're ordering their pina colada at the bar while they hear the song whatever and they're like oh i like this this vibe it's it feels good with the, the environment i'm in but if you listen to it it's all about you know being a slave and and the pov of being a slave in jamaica you know and and so if you dive deeper into reggae music you'll also be able to understand a little bit more about that culture you know what it was like to grow up in that environment like that's the reason why uh, not one of the the reason but a reason why i listen to hip-hop too because helps me see what it was like to live as somebody who had way more struggles than i did yeah
2: that was that was what got me woke when i was a kid listening to bob marley on the way to elementary school i felt like i learned so much from just that legend record set me on a path of cultural you know understanding and humility and I still think Bob Marley is the greatest musician of the 20th century and the most profound musician uh, to use his musical platform as a mm-hmm. kind of platform for for you know the messages he 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 was able to bring. I'm looking forward to the documentary. I'm I'm a Bob Marley guy. Whatever you know. Dude, I listen to him weekly, yes, bro. Brother. I listen to him weekly. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I agree that he's the greatest question. songwriter of the 20th century. Would, and yeah, like like the Beatles as a collective, um but Bob as by himself and and for representing the entire rest of the world besides the 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 uh, the west or whatever, Westphalian. Like he just did it all by himself, I mean with his band and and everything, but like singularly he was able to capture so much of the collective, you know, mass of the third world so to speak, uh and just yeah. just hit, you know, fucking right on target. It was beautiful.
0: Yeah. that's that's like that's right there for me brother like that's that's my heart and soul everything you just said right there and uh -hmm. i mean i i try to bring that same kind of passion with me back to the world of metal where i started because i mean i was into the metal thing way before ever dabbling into reggae like i was learning suffocation songs when i was like 17 uh,
3: yeah
0: guitar pro and stuff trying to figure it out but i i other reason i went towards reggae other than you know because like, it resonated with me so much philosophically is I, I i heard something in music that was like a weakness in my own playing that i didn't feel kind of like i wasn't as comfortable with slower tempos like i you know like re- remember the Derek roddy challenge that he did back in the day when he challenged everyone to like drum at like 6 bpm or something like that and he said <laughs> a click on like some ridiculous little bit like click Quick. yeah and like, like and he'd be playing like technical yeah, he'd be playing like crazy technical stuff and it would fall directly on the on the beat and that's when I realized like, man, I really can't count because I wouldn't even be able to come close to <laughs> being able to like play that slow, which I don't care what anybody says like it's harder to play at 30 bpm than 300 bpm
2: for oh, no, I mean any educated musician knows that that's a true true challenge, definitely
0: yeah yeah so it, for like when it comes to like slam stuff and i guess a little bit of what we do in bludgeon and a lot of what we plan to do in violence only is is like the slow bpm parts are every bit as important as as the fast stuff especially when you're trying to be heavy and violent you know and uh i mean obviously it's easy to make that music with modern editing and recording software and stuff because you can just take it to the grid that's why beatdown exists because kids mm-hmm. learn how to use dos and they can just you know but to do that live the way suffocation does with their slow breakdowns i mean that takes serious practice and, and skill and um, i felt like deep diving into reggae music really helped me with with a lot of that just learning how to relax more and play comfortably at slower speeds which led to just having just a way better all around technique for alternate picking and everything else too you know and just <laughs> and but there's it, still
1: a section if you if you know enough of like bob or uh joseph turned me on to uh groundation
0: groundation is the other so that's the best, uh, best, uh, best i've ever seen live
1: and it was just it came off of a random question during a show where i was like you never really hear technical death metal and lo and behold the professors got
2: you mean technical <laughs> reggae <laughs>
1: dude, that, that
0: shit is like fucking
1: tech tech yeah. yeah i wanted some tech reggae i was like fuck dude Paul Speed is
0: drumming on that shit. Bro. And, and
1: so like, he, he you know, showed me that album and I, I still listen to it till this day. But then there's also um, uh, the Redemption song, Jamaica full band version song that is a bonus track on Uprising. It was okay. like a, a re-release of Uprising in the bonus tracks. There was a Redemption song full band version jamaican version Mm -hmm. you know they call it the jamaican version the stuff that they were recording before they went into the big studio and um at the end of that song there's some really cool fucking drum stuff dude that is technical and 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 you could see that uh, that was that part where that drummer finally got to open up because roots reggae is pretty simple in the drum department other than like symbol work and stuff like that right i mean even the even the kick and the drum kicking the snare drop at the same time most of the you know i
0: mean it starts out like i mean it's easy to learn but i mean when you start listening stuff like bands like midnight and even groundation are doing i mean they're they're pushing it to the extreme they're doing polyrhythms inside of polyrhythms and yeah perhaps I mean, it's probably just because they're bored of going
3: Right.
1: And
0: they want to just like entertain themselves. But, but at the roots, like I is... said,
1: roots reggae, the OG shit. I mean, they did open it up, but they didn't open it up like that you're talking about,
0: right? It, it, it kind of depends on how mainstream you want to go. Cause I mean, a lot of people, when they think reggae, they think like Cali reggae, which is like quantized to the grid, like with a phaser on the guitar. It's just like there's not even an upstroke it's 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 like smooth brain like i gotta get drunk at the beach with my girl type shit and like yeah that was like poser ass reggae to me like i just i guess my elitism comes out when it comes to that stuff like i mean bands like those are i mean some of them are good um like what's that band that did the bad boys theme song for fucking that show cops uh
2: Uh uh, is wonder. that still Pulse by any chance? or It's not no, Steel Pulse. Uh, it's, I'm uh, glad it's not. Because <laughs> uh, I like Steel Pulse's shit.
0: That's, oh, it's fucking Inner Circle. That's right.
2: Oh, okay. Yeah.
0: Uh, um, yeah. The only reason I'm bringing these guys up is because uh, one of our colleagues ended up becoming their guitar player, actually. So there's a guy on the SMN news forums who went by the handle Seijuro Mitsurugi or something like that. Um, it was on the Between the Bury Me forums, but He's this killer, killer guitar player from Florida who's like, he's the guy that turned me on to Cynic. His real name is Jonathan Orioles. Like he showed me Cynic and like Ingra and like all the sick progressive metal from Man. back in the day. And uh, uh, he went to college for music. He, if I wish Casey was still here, because I'd be like, that's the one guy I know that actually did pass that crazy ass classical ear training thing that like he could hear all four voices and be like,
3: oh Woo! shit, yeah, and he. he
0: he got the gig with freaking inner circle. He's their full time <laughs> guitarist now. He travels the fucking world, smokes the craziest weed you've ever seen, gets paid
3: for
2: fast
0: tax, and is just like goes to NAMM and shit. I'm like, you, but he's a <laughs> that's a metal dude that like is like one of us, basically. So I'm just like, dude, that is actually the coolest. Thing.
1: I love that story, that's a, dude. That's amazing.
0: Yeah, I gotta he's I got cool. hit him up when time.
2: literally join the inner circle. It's fucking <laughs>
0: <laughs> he's the only one in the band that smokes. Is the crazy none of those guys even smoke weed? Like, oh, the yeah. Only one. He's the only one that plays it. Him the, the well,
2: I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. They did the cops theme. Like, of course. Yeah, you know, they're probably not. You know, a little more swear, <laughs> but, I guess. Than What if that?
1: What if it was in their contract? Like, you have to. You can do the song. We'll, we'll give you a nice chunk of money, but from it's this point forward, move, yeah, you
3: can't,
1: you can't use <laughs> those, those bastards at
0: all. <laughs> um but no dude, dude dude reggae was cool though man i mean le- learned to use a tube amp you know, learned a lot about just like playing low gain stuff and you know out of control feedback and all, and all that like, playing with delay pedals it was, it was a lot of fun learned a whole lot about gears. it
1: sounds like fun dude i mean uh, you're talking well, guys you're talking both of us are big fans obviously we just talked about it
2: you made me yeah, yeah. think that there, there needs to be a dub slam crossover. i, mean, I mentioned there. Like, The pink snare. I was like, damn, why is because there was like skin dread and there was that like kind of new metal reggae punky thing for a while. And like bad brains obviously like hardcore and punk have been cl- and, and reggae have been close, but dude, we need to take this off Joseph, off, let's, let's go. go. Come on, bro. Fucking let's yeah. do it. Yeah, I,
1: I think that uh that is a wise move. Uh and I I would like to be somewhat a part of that, <laughs> you know. Like, we've we've heard a uh, shout out to uh, Cameron and disfiguring the goddess. We got the slambient thing going on. Why don't we take fucking reggae and dub shit and, and mix that with some death metal and see what we get.
0: We can do it. Check check out this band called Dub Trio. There's like this these Berkeley kids that went to <laughs> Berkeley School of Music. They like they combine some dub stuff with like. I guess it's like more at the drive-in level heaviness, like not. It's a more like math rock sounding shit.
2: But yeah, I know, that, like one of those guys.
0: Yeah, they're sick, but like it's not quite as heavy as what I'm picturing in my head right now. From right,
1: dog no, I mean you take that to the next level, dude. I'd
3: All, be right. Bad.
2: All right, yeah. This <laughs> is I'm gonna I'm gonna bookmark this one. Think about it hard for All a right. while. Um, But did you ever play reggae with bands, or was it you're just jamming?
0: So I was I was in a, a reggae band. We were this local band uh, called Fishbowl. I think we're still on band camp If you did a deep dive, all right. I need to get the old, the ancient, the hidden track on the album. I don't know if it's on there. It needs to be though because we did we did it at the drive-in cover of the song Quarantine, and we made it like dubbed out. And it just, it just, like, it's got it's even got like a slam, of then it was like palmier. <laughs> so it's got like heavy guitars in it. Which is really like rare, and you ever hear that in reggae music? Yeah, yeah.
1: Um, it was
0: it was cool because we had a real keyboard player. This this guy who moved from France. <laughs> he actually moved from France to go to MIT, and then he was working on the LIGO project at the Hanford site. Do you know what that is,
2: Joseph? Mm, LIGO. I know it's not a. Ex- what tell me because I'm so it's uh, yeah, why wouldn't
1: you think I wouldn't know? It's the
0: laser, it's the laser interferometer <laughs> gravitational wave observatory.
1: Yeah, I definitely if, don't um, know. <laughs> they're,
0: they're, they're the ones that basically use fucking gravity waves to measure the universe and prove that Einstein's theory of relativity is no longer a theory, it's like a fact. now
2: Whoa. because
0: of the research that these guys did, and it's they won a Nobel yeah, Prize yeah. for it.
2: Empirically testing the theory, yeah, yeah, and like um, one of those dudes played
0: keyboards in my reggae band, like, <laughs> 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 the weirdest thing, but uh, he yeah. was the funniest dude, it was just, he was sick, man. Fucking, we would geek out too, and like, we'd be trying to sing like Bach corrals in the back of the van, would be like driving Montana or something. I'd be like, that would be the alto voice, and he'd be like the tenor voice, or whatever. Fucking,
1: fucking so, and then. Would you have conversations about that type of shit with him, and he'd explain it in somewhat of a like a Neil DeGrasse Tyson I mean, level, you know?
0: Yeah, I mean, but at the same time, I mean, he saw our band as like an escape from all that, like academia. He's like, I can just go hang out with these bros and like smoke yeah, weed and like try to holler totally, at chicks and like you totally. know, yeah, like it was just, it was just like getting away from the eighty-hour week grind yeah. that he was doing. Yeah. Like, uh, But it 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 was it was great. We got to play shows all over the the Northwest. We even got to play a couple of little festivals. Uh, This one called Barter Fair in what Eastern Washington. That's like in the freaking mountains. So like out like when there was like nothing there, this entire village of like hippie people will just like appear out of nothing, and there'll be like tents Mm -hmm. as far as I can see of people trading stuff. Like oh, I'll trade you this jar of pickled. Peppers and mints for your jar of weed that you grew, or whatever. People would just so that way there's no cash involved, and yeah, yeah, people could just go buck wild. I mean, you Californians know all about that trade, yeah, totally. Life, um, (laughs) somewhat. I know this guy at the top left is, yeah, Uh, I'm
3: definitely,
1: it's all a little controlled here now, yeah,
0: yeah, it's gotten more tame in, in the years since, but I mean, this is back when you know cannabis wasn't even fully legalized yet or just was starting to get so there was still a little bit of that black market element left and i mean that was that was half the reason we even did the band is because we were just trying to ride that wave at the end of legalization when like all the growers were still doing new thing it was just kind of going out of style party essentially that's like mean, now reggae seems to have kind of fizzled out in recent years. I mean ground even groundation they have like a new lineup of younger guys. I don't think they're doing much because it's just all the original members aren't in it anymore.
2: It's just Harrison and I almost caught them doing the Hebron Gate record at the Garden Amp nearby here, and I didn't make it, so I can't report uh, on whether they're still good or not. But um, that's that's a great record, and uh, no, I'm sure that that's
0: one of my faves.
2: But yeah, it's it's very you know it's it's a classic story. Like a band will put out four or five amazing records, and then they'll kind of get by with the strength of that, and then they'll just keep putting out. Some records that you don't really listen to, but it's whatever. So
1: we're gonna lose some listeners right now because I'm gonna go deeper on the reggae shit right now. It's
0: never happened on Cali Death Podcast. that's right?
1: uh, all good, dude. I, I know somebody's gotta still hang out for this at, at this time, but um, I still, <laughs> I still hear new. Marley related stuff. Now that I never heard from before, so we were talking about everything changes, <laughs> things, <they're> all the <laughs> new shit. It, it's taking, it's hitting a lull, you know. Yeah. So then that that, that kind of makes me naturally dig backwards and make sure that I didn't miss anything. So I go into the Wailing Whalers because I love the the progression of you know, the early ska Motown influenced ska that you know uh I don't know if you would call it a prog- I mean it's not a progression because it slows down. So what what's hmm. it's it's a retardendo or no, just it just
0: it just got heavier. So I mean <laughs> just
1: matter So I, I know the story is I don't know if it's just lure or not, but that um they I DJ, or not a DJ guy, at the records one day was just like, you know what, we need to slow this half speed. This ska stuff is making... Everybody's too hot. Everybody's sweating. You know, let's let's play this record at half speed. And that skink got played at half speed. And everybody was like, oh, this is nice. (laughs) Nah,
3: Uh... that's just
0: no no no
1: no well then you got rock steady and all that stuff too that which is the it transitioned down it wasn't just like a half speed let's cut it in half and let's fucking
2: yeah
0: what do you think joseph (laughs) what do you think
2: i i mean i heard like a folk tale that it was like one summer day that it was so hot that everyone was just so tired and hot that they just started playing slow, and then they realized it was... See, you know, that's
1: a variation of the same story that I have. Yeah. So it's we're really just speaking lore. Now, yeah. it looks like Sean might have a third opinion <laughs> yeah. on well, the origins.
0: I mean, a lot of it just depends on the purpose of the mood you're trying to create, right? I mean, when you're trying to pick a tempo of a song, I mean, if the people don't want to party, they want it to be faster, like, more upbeat, usually, like, I mean, I guess nowadays people might like put on weird lo-fi hip-hop at the club and be all sipping lean or something, getting all weird. Mm-hmm. But, like, back in the day, I mean, disco, historically, party music tends to have higher BPMs, higher tempo, whereas uh, the, the more somber and even, like, religious, spiritual kind of tones that reggae music has, it's, like, because they're a little more serious about it. Like they wanted people to become more reflective and and look inward. So, I mean, I think the, the lower tempo kind of translates to more of like a
3: meditation kind of thing.
1: So I know, but that's, that's later on down the road. What I'm talking about too, is the ska version before reggae was even a thing. So, and, and I think that Motown, if you listen to like Barrington Levy or early Wailing Wailer stuff, you will find a direct connection to the Motown-sounding doo-wop and R&B oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. that was happening at the same time. Like that, that kind of was like funneled to Jamaica, and Jamaica took it, ran with it. Same thing. I, I love, I love the idea of uh, being an MC. You know, but over there you're called a DJ. But it's an MC over here when you're hip hop. I, I like that that you know rhythmic talking to music was happening over there and the remix thing with lee scratch perry was happening over there first and then it came back over here so it's like things get passed around the world and then passed back and then it causes this like
3: growth
0: yes the story answer is yes you're right it's basically the root of all modern popular music like especially like Electronic music, like EDM, dubstep, anything like this. It's basically just computerized reggae. The snare falls in the three. I mean it's just like in most hip hop music.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, as long as the snare's on three, it's gonna have that that sort of feel to it. And uh, same with rapping, like you said, they they call it toasting back in Jamaica when people yeah. would try to like freestyle over the over the beat, but it's basically the same thing. Um
1: yeah, but that was happening before hip hop it was a thing, yeah. You know? Yeah,
0: it was the the genesis of it. I mean, can hip hop, correct me if I'm wrong, kind of started more on the east coast when like a lot of people like Jamaican immigrants would like show up in New York <laughs> and places like places like that where I imagine
1: when disco ones. was like a thing. So yeah, that, that's where
0: the first sound system started popping up,
1: you know, right. people
0: doing like the hip hop thing for sure. Um and then fast forward, let's connect this to even something on the show with metal and slam like you know bands like devourment and stuff like that took that hip-hop beat that had come from reggae music and were like let's like let's make this into slam you know like or internal bleeding too like they're basically bleeding, starting dude. with in reggae and they're ending in this freaking yeah kind of thing.
1: For so sure, they, dude. It's i all was actually if you didn't say internal bleeding, I was definitely going to mention internal bleeding as one of the forefathers of that sound, right? I oh, mean, yeah. Sepho, internal bleeding, pyrexia. But I yeah, think I'd say internal when, bleeding
0: is the ones that like, really, yeah, when did it, they like,
1: start? What was the first demo, internal bleeding demo? When was
2: that?
0: 90 was it 92 93?
2: I think it was, yeah, about that time, yeah also after birth who i shouted out last episode also have a 92 demo so sick um yeah all right so i want to make sure we don't go like super far past three hours and so uh we'll, so from reggae, reggae part. <laughs> how do you when when do you get back into death metal seriously and start like creating the you know building block i mean sorry the foundations for what yeah when was alleged? the
1: manhattan project for your metal <laughs> renaissance
3: <laughs> all right
0: so i mean i was i was still working at the at the massive indoor pot facility i mean but i was starting to get kind of burnt out like you know injuries that's kind of started happening and you know my heart maybe wasn't fully in as much and one day i was just chilling at home and i ended up getting a phone call from an old friend of mine from high school um Kid, uh, he showed me like between the buried and me, like the so. Like the silent circus was like the record that like made me want to like start practicing guitar like six seven hours a day when I was a kid to be like, oh man, like I need to get good. I can play mm-hmm. songs like Mordecai, blah blah. But anyways, that guy called me way later in life, you know, and I was like, this was what, like 2017,
3: 2018,
0: and it was just like. Hey, what's up? And I was like, Oh, I must like, Hey, do you want to start a death metal band with Jonathan Huber on vocals? And I was like, Yes, <laughs>
3: uh,
0: okay. And he's like, All right, well, get a metal guitar, and then get a head or a cab or something and show up to this address. And yeah, so I mean, I've you know, I had, I had nothing, I had my Gibson SG and yeah, so I pretty much, you know, went to my 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 now fiance and i was like hey is it okay if i join a metal band and you help me get this metal guitar that i need with your credit card (laughs) 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 and and somehow conned her into buying me this this beautiful jackson that i played on all the bludgeon recordings all the basically everything we've ever done every live show we played
2: hey wait hold it up one more time
0: Shout out to my fiance
2: for... Um, Hold on. How do I make you... There it is. There it is. Cool. We got it.
0: Yeah, Jackson SL7HT. It's a hardtail with the, uh, the hip shot kind of copy. Seymour Duncan pickups. Distortion pickups, the seven-string version. Nice. Uh, does everything I need to do. Sounds great. I have to worry about <laughs> stuff like that. But anyways...
1: Uh, well, quick, quick story about how you proposed to her. You just said fiance.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Shoot. I don't know. I, don't know. I much just like asked like, we should probably get married, huh? And she was just like, <laughs>
3: yeah.
0: I mean, we, we, we've we been together for, this is, this is our 13th year together, guys.
3: Hell yeah, got... dude.
0: Yeah, I think we, the day we got together was September 27th, 2011. So it's been.
3: Hell yeah! It's,
0: it's about time that we that we tied it and get there Hey, idea. dude!
1: Damn, thirteen years is that you? Definitely know that you can spend a lot of time with that person.
3: Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> right? she,
0: she's uh, my better half for sure. I mean, I'm just going back
2: and But you How- pulled the like the the keep the death metal away until it's too late and then you throw it back in. That was my move too.
0: Uh, I, 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 yeah, I tricked her basically. I was like, I'm in a reggae band. It's all harmless.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you kept the death metal behind the little yeah, fucking uh... thing. And you're just like <laughs> whoop! And, um, nope, it's still here.
2: <laughs> this is actually what all I care about, by the way. <laughs>
0: like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, this is this is my sole purpose in life <laughs> I've always dreamt up since I was a teenager.
1: It's a Trojan Trud- death metal Trojan horse, dude.
0: Yeah, <laughs> but luckily, no, she was cool with it. I understood it meant a lot to me, so she allowed me to go into this industry.
1: I mean, in reality, when you like, I've been with my life, uh, my life. I've been with my life for thirty-nine years, but I've been with my wife for seventeen <laughs> years, and uh, or actually eighteen years now. And she just knows she she gets it, dude. That's what it is. They they will never fully dive in with us. They'll go to shows every now and then, you know. They'll they'll dip their toes in the lake of death metal. We'll take yeah. them to the the edge and they'll get their feet wet every now and then. But in re, well, I mean your wife might be different, but it doesn't matter because they see our reaction to it. And they they you could just you're with somebody long enough, they see how passionate you are about anything for a certain amount of time they're just like all right that just needs to happen for my husband or my wife you know and and as the wife or the husband you gotta just be like go for it
2: you know
0: yes that's that's good great advice for any of y'all fellas or even ladies out in the audience who are single and maybe struggling to find a, a partner or mate best advice your complete 100 percent, total self as weird as it may be and be passionate about the things you actually like and right don't deviate from that and then eventually you'll find someone who can tolerate it
1: (laughs) right i mean that's what it all is is finding somebody like joseph i'm sure you and your wife have totally different interests in some part of your yeah i mean
2: it's funny so when I mentioned that I used to sing in a in a metal band, actually the night that we like like first kind of got together, whatever little hookup thing, was a night that I played a show at my college, and uh, I was wearing Corpse Paint. Actually, it was one of those. <laughs> oh! <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, and so like i was as upfront as you could be i'm like yeah i mean i'm a fucking i'm a clown <laughs> <laughs> i know dude can you imagine
1: no this is great i love this so much i, I actually
0: can and it's this <laughs> is one of the coolest stories
1: of a couple ever dude because she she you know interacted yep. with you with with the corpse paint on and still yeah was like i need to follow up with this guy i don't need to <laughs> <laughs> Go to the opposite end of the earth right now because this man seems like he might want to kill me. <laughs>
2: yeah, I don't know, man. It was it was senior year of college. We still music is like my thing, and you know we we related on a bunch of other stuff that's equally part of my life, like life, religion, philosophy, even politics, like a lot of other stuff. But um, I was I did at you know I was up front in that way, like clearly I was a ser- very serious musician. I think I did Trojan horse a little bit of like the how serious I wanted to pursue it thing. Like it really came out in the late twenties when I'm like, dude, I can't hold this in anymore. Like yeah, I really I, I sacrificed a lot of time away from it and now I feel like I'm catching up. And so she's tolerated it and is cool. So we're cool. Hell yeah. So Hell yeah, yeah. and, and, and is genuinely happy and you know, all that. So, um, Right,
1: but, and I'm sure that she's got something, too. That you give, you know. Oh yeah, AI, her...
2: computers, all that stuff, technology in general. <laughs> oh
1: shit, dude, your chicks into AI, dude. I did a AI. I probably had to write it up on the show, but the AI generated art trips me out, dude. I oh, did. She... I brought it up recently.
2: Yeah, she's she's a uh, AI scientist. That's what she does.
1: Whoa, she... dude. So okay.
2: Yep. So, uh, um, I, I don't
1: want to take it away from Sean, but that is super interesting. And I want, I want to have your chick on the show, bro. Yeah.
2: yeah, We'll do a that spouse episode. at some to point. <laughs> Have that,
1: that, that conversation. Cause I'd love to see what that's all about. Like behind the scenes of that.
2: Yeah. She, she, uh, mostly works on the language models, but she has some, uh, work. She has done some, she's actually generated some music videos, which are really cool. Um, the static art stuff is pretty like it was you know everyone has their hot take or whatever uh, i certainly mm-hmm. do um the yeah. video she makes are really trippy psychedelic um i i think there's more promise there than like the the other stuff the the, the static image so um,
1: yeah i mean the, the static image what you're saying is like you just type in what you yeah. want to see and then it comes back and you're your results are actually some are pretty cool, but yeah, I know it's not perfect yet, but it, it, us saying that it's not perfect is going to make us perfect it. And then that's when it's going to come alive and eat us up, dude.
2: Yeah, oh I know. I mean, <laughs> we'll, we'll get into it. <laughs> um, so fucking so you you joined the, the band. Huber was already a member, Sean, before you joined. So you that's how you connect, not you putting them together.
0: Yeah so, yeah, so, like, my only connection to John before joining that band was I had the privilege of getting to see his first band ever play at my local hometown venue when I was a kid, uh, this place called Ray's Golden Lion, which, thankfully, has actually reopened recently. Um, this guy that, uh, actually, he played bass for Bludgeon for a very short uh, mm-hmm. time, but he bought the venue. So it's, it's a thing that suffocation actually just played there uh, a couple months ago when they were on tour so. uh, in Eastern Washington. So, but anyways, John's band, I declared war. They played there back when like amidst the bloodshed came out. I was like 17 years old. I remember being like, Oh, kind of pop punk, kind of like metal course on But then I was like, but those vocals, like, even as a, as a kid, I was like, God damn, that dude's guttural sound fucking insane you know Like, i mean yeah. I, I was i was a little bit into the i mean there was some hardcore stuff that was cool but when i was a kid i was i didn't really f- appreciate it that much all, all i thought of was like it's mad ball and it's zero 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 mm. i mean you, you know i appreciate the rhythmic subtleties and there there's stuff that makes hardcore good and there's reasons why people love that music too you know other than being just a Ever metalhead like I especially was, <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah, that's that's how I mean, I didn't really even talk to John or meet him, I was just an old kid, and he was like the cooler, older kid, he was like four years older, or whatever. So I was like, "Yeah, I'm not cool enough to talk to him, but his band was cool, and then you know, fast forward all these years later, and uh. Yeah, we just kinda we just kinda hit it off. I mean, it kinda helped that we were both blue-collar dudes. Like at the time he was working for Taylor Farms, like harvesting shellfish, doing like the goobie duck thing. Um really brutal work where you're like on a boat in the freezing cold at like two AM.
3: Yeah. And
0: doing I would never want to do that. But I mean, I was working in a freaking in a warehouse doing other gnarly stuff that a lot of people wouldn't want to do either. So he was like, You're all right, fucking you're they're brutal like me and we fucking you know we don't sit in an office chair all day which no offense to anyone yeah. that does because i i've done that too and it's its own set of challenges and, and grind like you know, the, the deterioration of your physical health as you're stuck in a chair for eight hours a day right or, and, at you
3: know, least
1: you're just, walking or ar- yeah you could yeah. always look at it like you're at least you're walking around you're picking shit up you're putting it down you're doing this yeah. you're doing that that's how i feel about i'm like okay yeah i've I just work on cars all day, but at least I'm just walking around. If I had a office job that would benefit me in other ways, probably I might make a little more money, but I would have to find ways to stay active Mm. way more in my everyday. If I had that kind of job And which people do too, but yeah, you just compare yourself to other people's situations but you would adapt to anything that you're in really
0: yeah ex- exactly but um anyways like we we hit it off it was cool there was those kind of issues though like we kind of alluded to earlier with the lineup and things we, we didn't really all get along unfortunately with the original drummer the guy who brought me into it it's a shame cuz you know he was one of my best friends growing up as a kid um but i mean he wanted to play beatdown and we wanted to play 300 bpm crazy technical death metal stuff that, uh, yeah he, didn't, he just didn't want to do it He was like my wrist hurts blasting at 250 and i don't want to blast at 300 so like, that, makes,
3: sense. <laughs> <laughs> that yeah. makes total sense <laughs> it's awesome. I, don't, it's, I don't
1: mean to bring up gnarly shit if it did but are you guys homies still
0: unfortunately not because of what went down after that i mean because when he was on his way out of the band um uh, he decided to start a, another band immediately in the process i offered to help out with the guitar tracking as like sort of a, a farewell gift in a sense and that was the the short time that i was involved with the project called uh, an unfortunately named project called covidectomy which just wow. happened during the covid crisis and uh, uh it was definitely kind of a mixed bag of emotions and maybe not the best ba- i didn't come up with the name the singer did but I, Looking back, it was kind of a little bit in poor taste, but uh at least the music was really good. The drummer, he wrote all the music. I was just like hired gun, basically like learned the riffs and like got it as professional sound yeah. as possible. Uh, but we got to work with Ivan, who is the producer from uh who he's worked with like Slaughter to Prevail, I believe, and like some other bands, but like that dude's an incredible producer uh, and mixing guy. I I'm not a huge fan of like the, the other deathcore kind of stuff bands that he works with like i'm not really big into stp or anything like that but Mm -hmm. i mean that he did an amazing job on the covid ectomy stuff but the the part of that that really messed me up was the way they wanted us to track it It it's the same way they wanted us to track rejecting sunlight because they sent me some video from i believe it was chris Whitehead, the guy that plays for like body snatcher like the drummer of body snatcher but he made this video of how to track guitars for beatdown it's basically like okay you you say the parts at 250, you just play it at like 180 so it's like slower tempo and then you're just gonna drag every single note to where like you're literally dragging every single freaking note to the grid. And so like my grid for these Kolectomy songs was ridiculous i mean it's literally where it's it's not even a human being playing guitar anymore like it's i made it sound human by like making them all slightly like one millisecond off the grid or like to the point where it sounds humanized but like yeah. make no mistake about it there is no real humanity going on the same with rejecting sunlight it was all 100 edited like the, my performance did not exist in the music Where any guy could have just grabbed a guitar with emgs giving enough time and clicking a mouse i mean it would sound i mean that song got tons of streams which is the saddest part it's got more streams than anything else we've ever done just because people want stuff that lines up with their TikTok videos that is quantized to fit their social media posts that like it'll all match up and you know we're we're accompanying their lives now it's not like skate videos like back in the day where they tried to find songs that would match what they were doing it's like I do know. People are making songs just to be featured in social media.
1: And everybody punches in, you know, like the, the, our generation definitely is plenty of punch in parts on their recordings and stuff. But when you record like that and, and by all means, do whatever you want with your art. Like in the beginning of this, we were talking about making the best painting. If you want to make the best version of a painting that you painted in the jam room, you want to make that best version, you want to make that epitaph, or even try and overcome epitaph, do however you want to do in the studio. Like Sean was saying, record it 180, and then bring it up. But, (laughs) God damn it! What? Ah, why did I get lost in that? Come on, we're what were
2: we on right before that. I think if you have a if you have trouble articulating your point, it's it's because it's actually kind of a tricky point to make. Like, it is. what is what's the value that you're losing? Like, are yeah? You really so losing what, that's
1: that's where I was going. Thank you. So, if Sean, if you uh, if you record an album the way you just said it, and that was the best version of that that. Music and yeah, you weren't a part of writing it, you were just the hired gun, you said. But somebody were to come up to you and say, Dude, this album is amazing, and you're a part of it, blah 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 blah. As an artist, you would feel the you would have your personal feelings towards how that was recorded and presented. And then could you really react to, you know, the person being like, this is the sickest thing ever. And you're just like, you want to be like, well, this is how it was recorded, but you just be like, Oh, thanks guys. That's cool. But then it's still like always just like, Oh, that actually isn't really me guys. (laughs) You know,
0: it's, it's what it is. It was a product of my labor. so at the, at the very least, I had control over the outcome the way it sounded like I mean all those notes that I dragged around I mean to make it sound behind or ahead of the the beat slightly or whatever I mean, those are all decisions that ultimately I had to make. So even though it wasn't me actually playing a guitar per se, I mean, it was still sort of something that I had a hand in creating. and I you know oh. I still feel good when people would come up and be like, even in, when I played in Chicago at the Chicago Domination Fest with Boys and I had a few people come up and be like, "Dude, can you sign my COVIDectomy CD?" Like that shit was sick. Can you sign this other one? I was like, "No, I wasn't on that. I was only on the first release before I dipped." uh um, yeah. But thank you. uh And it's still nice to hear that stuff. I mean, don't get me wrong, but but the the thing that was unfortunate was I learned that they were planning on replacing me with someone that had more expensive gear, nicer gear. And, a better look or something as soon as the album dropped so the day of release knowing this i just was like i quit i quit they got mad and i i got basically they asked me out of getting any kind of like merch or any kind of like so i i paid for half of the recording of the album i never saw a dime back i never got a piece of merch for it Like they pretty much ghosted me so like long story short me and and that guy aren't friends anymore which is really mm-hmm. fun so. Uh, well, you live and you learn, you know.
1: Yeah, I mean, shit happens. But
2: <laughs> thank you. <laughs> <laughs>
3: well, no, it, yeah. I,
2: I never heard of them, so fuck it. Addition by subtraction,
0: yeah. Because we, we, Mr. Nikhil Tallwalker, you know, uh. I, Thank goodness for Larry Wang, because he's the reason why I discovered Nikhil in the first place. He was having some kind of like guttural contest or something like that, where he was like having people like auditions, the best gutturals. And he mentioned something about uh Is it Oscar that did the undeciphered thing? Um, but he mentioned Nikhil while mentioning undeciphered. He was like, oh, the 15-year-old blast prodigy, blah, blah. blah. And I was like, huh and I, I went to youtube and i typed in Nikhil t or whatever and then up popped that that video of Sati by defeated sanity that he recorded a cover of when he was like 14 or 15 years old and he's like da, 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 and i was like oh, okay this kid's actually pretty good for his age and i ended up you know hitting him up we started talking a little bit and at the time that he was uh offering like transcription services for like I, I can tab anything by ear doesn't matter how bad the production is kind of bragging So i was like i'm gonna put this kid to the test i was like all right i'll give you 25 bucks if you can tab out a song off of consume the forsaken and he's like oh yeah and i was like what's what's your favorite song off of consume i'll let you pick it and he Nikhil, was like oh i'll talk about uh dissecting and i was like Oh, all right. <laughs> it. And he did. He did. He made the tab Man. of that song. It's, To my knowledge, it's like the most accurate Disgorge tab I've ever seen on Hell the internet yeah. that wasn't created by Disgorge. I might upload it to the secret songster that Joseph did. <laughs> I <agreed. laughs> uh,
2: I, asked Nikhil, <laughs> I asked Nikhil to send me the tab. He said he'd get it to me, and it it didn't get to me yet, so I'm still waiting it. So. I'll send it
0: to you. If I,
2: can um, I, a, yeah, I, I've collected a couple other unofficial tabs. Plus, I have the official tabs for. M4. uh we keep a pretty tight ship. We yeah, we don't let those go out yet. Ten, so. eleven,
1: twelve, ten, eleven, fourteen. What was it?
0: Yeah, I, sure. I came
2: across that that compost
0: compost environment tab. It's pretty close. That I think might be the official one. But... Oh yeah,
2: uh, Diego did that pretty recently. He tabbed that song out. There might be an older one, but he did an official one for us like a year or two ago. Um I don't know if there was an official one before then.
0: I don't think there was before, but it's it, it is the recent one, but it's uh yeah, that's, that's a fun one. But anyways, like I said, Nikhil did it, he tabbed out the saw. That's when I was like, Okay, that's that, that's when I realized his real time because like videos, stuff like that. I mean recording, you can kind of fake it, but the ear thing, you can't you can't fake that like he, it takes a special kind of ear to be able to hear through that denser production and even that, the resources and the smarts use all the modern tools available to transcribe. like he showed me stuff like like tuners that have a piano roll on it so like even if it's an indecipherable garble of noise you can still see what pitch is coming out of of that section of audio and you know, so he, he he had access to these transcribing tools that i didn't even know existed so i talked to him thank goodness for
2: like, no way uh, so he runs he runs the original recording through a tuner so you can see the pitches i didn't yeah. know, I never heard of that
3: oh.
0: yeah fucking uh i'm sorry nakil if i'm ruining all your secrets for the entire world it's <laughs> too late now i'm trying to find i have the app somewhere on my freaking phone um I'll send a link. You got, link to the you got app frozen
1: app. again, dude. Whatever uh, no. magic you had the last time.
0: Oh, is am I unfrozen yet?
2: No, you're still frozen. Last time yeah. I just soloed it and it worked, but I don't know. It's fine. We can Weird. hear you. We can yeah, hear you can, for Weird, audio it's listeners. It's and, no anyways. Different.
0: I'll find that iPhone app and I'll send you a link to it. After the show.
2: <laughs>
3: okay.
0: But yeah, there are they're are tools and ways that you can load up even the most Indecipherable worst produced death metal there is but still. <laughs> it, it, material out of it,
2: so. I'm gonna put kniving through it and see what it can get. <laughs> yeah. <in. laughs> um, so, so, yeah, so kill was
0: 15 when he joined, or because I mean, we, I hadn't asked him to join yet, but I was like, damn, this kid's really good. But it was when he put out that drum cover of Dead Set on Suicide by Kyle Decapitation. I saw that and I was like, holy shit, this, this kid.
3: There
1: he
0: you know. is. It's like, I uh. I immediately like I was at John's house. I just video called him and I was like, "Hey man, like, you want to join our band?" <laughs>
3: <laughs> and he was just like, "Sure."
0: And I was like, oh, "Way easier than I thought it was gonna be." Holy crap!
3: Oh yeah. All
0: right. And then I I sent him the the single basically. So like, um, I mean, I had just learned how to program drums when when my when our former drummer was let go. Basically, John turned to me in his house and was like. Okay, you're the man now. Like, you have to like do this. And I was like, "What do you mean?" And he's like, "You have you have to write all the songs and like do everything now."
3: Like, <laughs>
0: and I was like, "Okay," like because I had ne- I was always been a hired gun. I always just played other people's riffs. I liked learning cover songs. I liked just like looking at tabs and learning stuff. so I had never, I mean, I had written riffs like a couple times, maybe like six, seven, eight years prior, but I mean, Bludgeon is literally the first band I've ever played metal guitar in, like, wow. ever. And then I just was like, okay, I have to write riffs for this legendary vocalist now. And I'm like, I was honestly terrified, guys, like, because I mean, the first single did pretty good. The drummer, I mean, he had played for Enterprise Earth and bigger bands, and like, you know, had some clout. And like, and just the guy that I'm, I'm replacing. I had no idea what I was doing. I literally just was like connecting things together. Tom fill here, this, and that. I'm not a drummer, so I would just try to be like maybe this part needs a blast beat, or I don't know how to make fills, so I'm just like random tom hits. I don't know, whatever. <laughs> Did the best I could, and then, sent it in the kill. then he said he made one recording where he played exactly what I programmed, and I was like, oh, that's that's nice of him. I, I kind of expected you to dress it up a little bit though, because I mean, he's like, all right. Let me do another take. And you did a second take where you played all the perfect fills and like all the slowdowns and jazz breaks and like little break beats and shuffles and all this shit that I never could have thought of. But I mean, it still technically followed like the patterns I had imagined. And I was like, sweet, let's go. I mean, literally, second take, you just knocked out of the park like that. So, I mean, we released it and fucking progresses history, I guess. Like, I can't believe he's only 15 years old when he tracked that song. Like that's just crazy to me. Wow,
2: that's yep. genocidal
0: processes. Is the name of that one?
2: Yep. There's <laughs> there's um fucking ViTech. There's yeah. little little young Naveen playing with animosity. Yep. Um. There's Nikhil. There's a couple other guys that started real young. I was. I wish I had recordings of me playing metal at that age i think my first
1: drummer who's what's his name
2: oh i don't remember his name i think he
1: was 14 or 15 or something when that band recorded Mm -hmm. fractured i i I don't know if he was or maybe (laughs) he was that age when they started but i would say
2: there's there's never been anyone as extreme and as young as Nikhil at at 15 (laughs) recording like cannibal i mean a uh, cattle decapitation songs perfectly yeah like he, he's truly fucking like and and Lyle will say the same thing he's like bro i i wasn't doing that shit when i was that young like that's wild
0: and so. this kid's his guitar playing. i mean I'll, a lot of people haven't really i mean people have now seen him play drums in person right because i mean he he played live with us he played live with Peter Diddy, you know, in chicago like which that was fucking insane. I mean, he played the songs faster than the recordings because the, the, their click track broke. So, like they were playing, them like, you know, say a song would be at 280 or whatever, and then he would play it at like 300 on accident.
3: <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah.
0: But um, yeah, John Longstreet is like hiding in the back corner, like watching him being. His eyes are just like popping out of his skull. Like, oh my god. Um. But anyways. uh I, I brought him over to my house to play guitar, though. And, like, I was, like, getting into my Jackson. I was, like, show me how to play some of these anal stabbing riffs. And, and it's the only time in my life, guys. I've seen a lot of performers. I've seen a lot of guitarists play in front of me. But it's the only time in my life I've ever seen someone's hands move so fast that the refresh rate of my eyes, like, literally <laughs> couldn't even keep up. Like, it was his hands became, like, a blur, like, the way it is in front of this shitty camera. But, like, wow. my eyes couldn't even. I was just like, "Are you fucking kidding
2: me?" <laughs> yeah. yeah, dude. So
3: uh, he's
0: bad, bad man on the, on the electric guitar.
2: I'll tell you that. Right now. Hell yeah. Yeah. And and is a super chill dude. Like, you know, we hung out in uh, Seaside at that brewery and watched that fucking like MySpace core band uh, from from side stage, so to speak. And uh, and we just hung out. And he, he's really really fun kid to hang out with. And it was funny because I was like you know i'm like 15 years older than you but i'm also like kind of intimidated like you're <laughs> really fucking good <laughs> uh, he's, he's,
0: he's got a heart of gold man the kid is he's, he's the most humble kid ever fucking super professional yeah. always a pleasure i mean he's ne- never once i've ever heard any kind of cocky or any anything that's not you know cherubic coming from that kid i mean he's just fucking great kid
2: certainly certainly at that age and i, I teach a lot of musicians and like um you know, they're, dude, a 15 year old man, like when you got the hormones and you like just set your life around one thing, you can get so mm-hmm. good at it. Like, mm-hmm. not all of us did that, you know, like, you know, some of us smoked too much weed or fucking played video games or went <laughs> through a fucking girlfriend breakup or whatever. Yeah. Like, it's to yeah. stay like, you know, and I just hope that he like does something for the genre, like really pushes it. And well, uh, I'm, I'm excited. I
1: also... I also think that the um, the resource factor for the kids, or even at that age now, you know, when I was fifteen, there was the internet, but there wasn't a YouTube where I could literally type in how to do this, how to do that, and you you could geek out on that to where this is a. Literally, a teacher that is giving you, you know, skills just by being on the internet. You, so I think that the opportunity to get to a higher level can start much earlier and much quicker because of this, the resources that are available now, you know?
2: Yep. And I know he was also in School of Rock and, you know, did a lot of, you know, supported music education and stuff so he channels all that so that's great um yeah plus the internet definitely um we're,
0: we're lucky to be growing up learning the same stuff I because mean, it's just weird that like i mean how what year was it 18 years ago like what year was it that
2: was 2004 Yeah, uh, no so 2000, know like, 2006
0: 2006 so th- that was like when like Music from the '70s was like still popular, like you know, like yeah. guitar world was still talking about bands like Led Zeppelin and stuff like that. And like, mm-hmm. I mean, that's Nikhil will tell you that's how he got his early musical chops too. Was learning all the '70s rock stuff, just like me, like all the mm-hmm. Led Zeppelin and all the Queen and uh, Stevie Wonder and all that, you know. So like all all the chops that he and I, fucking, most of our stuff. I mean, it really comes from outside of metal, like to be completely honest.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean there are yeah there are like there're death metal musicians and then there are like overall musicians who play death metal and like um yeah there are a lot more people in death metal who are like kind of just death metal players uh like Diego um yeah. and, and people like that and you know tend tend to be more like blue collar and tend to be uh you know like that that shapes their approach and and some of their anachronisms and everything um and they 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 bring a ton to the to the genre, um, and then there's like a role for dudes like me who like are coming from a more traditional music education background, like coming into death metal, trying to make sure that it's like, I don't know, like I my, I, I guess I'm making this too personal. I was trying to make just a point about <laughs> how those types are rarer, less you know less common. Um, but I think they tend to get hung up on certain things that I don't see him getting hung up on. Um,
3: mm-hmm. So
2: yeah. Um, it's, it's, it's cool to have someone who's into it like that. Like Lily is another guy. Um, Mike Gilbert is another guy like that. Right. So yeah. Hell yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, it takes, it takes all, all the backgrounds to make the metal world go around. I mean, you know, the academics, the blue collar guys, I mean, they all bring something to the table. And when you have both of them in the same band, like with TVV, I mean, that's just,
1: That's a magical thing for sure. It's kind of cool. You just made me think about this, Professor, which is totally true. There's (laughs) contributors to death metal that are of, you know, have experienced kind of the full spectrum of music and chose to express in death metal because that was their choice, you know? But then there's other people that, just get lured into it like it's a like you know they get they get sucked into a void that they or a black hole that they just couldn't you know what i'm saying like i didn't get to death metal through studying music but Mm -hmm. you know there are people that do get to death metal studying music and other styles and realize this is actually the way that i want to express myself and then those guys can do something great too. I'm sure there's got to be versions of that.
2: I don't know. It's it's it is pretty rare. I think if you're you know, like there there are sexier genres of metal for sure. <laughs> so, yeah. so yeah, there's, there's um, got to be
1: somebody rare, who like <laughs> like they get to death metal and like wait, what's that all about? And then they move on and they're like, oh, no, I don't know, I want to go study that a little bit more again.
2: <laughs> yeah. Oh well. But right. um,
1: we've exceeded three hours, dude. What? Re- let's let's wrap it up with what Bludgeon has got uh, in store for us soon.
0: I got to touch on violence only a little bit too. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. sorry. Uh, those are my boys. We got to talk about them. Um, Bludgeon does have stuff coming up, but violence only. I mean, we're just getting started. I'm really stoked to be in a band with these guys. We got Braxton on vocals. He's from like uh, Between the Killings we got mark on bass he you probably know him from like orchidectomy and and Kyle back in the day like a killer bass player
2: he was on uh, the pod in a
0: ba- yep he did an can't episode believe was- in a band with this guy like yeah he's he's fucking sick and then we got renee on drums fucking from uh flesh order i mean he's got like the most authentic fucking early 2000s fucking feel style and drum sound i've like ever heard from a contemporary like uh death metal drummer like i mean every time you hear this guy play you know it's him instantly like even if you're blindfolded yeah he's so. somebody
1: we'd love to talk to dude we've reached out to him i think R- R- renee martinez right yes yep. sir yeah yeah have reached out to him
3: yep he's clear.
1: we'd love to talk and to him
0: And then Waylon Belcazar from Truth Devoid. He's in a band with uh, Mike Majuski from Devourment as well, uh, who is also the guy who did our logo. Shout out Mike Majuski. A fucking OG in and of itself. Hell
3: yeah.
1: SMN News OG too. Let's
0: pull that logo again. Yes, sir. But uh, Waylon is the primary songwriter in this band. Fucking he writes the uh, the riffs, always the songs that are completed so far. I mean, and that shit is like really sick. Fucking. like 2000 slam like devourment kind of slam but mixed with a little bit of that pyrexia kind of more polished slam too so i'm feeling like the sound is going to be somewhere kind of in the middle between like the polished sexy sounding stuff and then there's just so super nasty disgusting stuff too but like it's Mm-hmm. The best music for like fucking lifting weights, fucking Hell, yeah. being jack, which fucking Waylon is like the most fucking jack beast of a dude ever. So, like, like, <laughs> get get jacked in 2024, <laughs> the
1: violence only, dude.
0: Yeah, uh, I mean, I I feel bad. I mean, that no violence in, in
1: the band. gyms, though. Everybody be friends.
0: <laughs> the only reason I got to even come in this band is because he unfortunately like injured himself really bad. Like he like he like broke his ring finger of his. I believe his left hand at the point where like it literally looks like bigger than two of my fingers. It's just one freaking finger.
1: What you uh, he had a something.
0: He had a wire all the way through the finger and wrapped all the way around it. Like to I mean, so he like shattered it. Bad.
1: How, what the fuck uh, happened, dude?
0: I don't even I didn't even ask him how it happened yet. Yeah, I mean, I'm guessing maybe he dropped a dumbbell on it or something. Like oh, it was something a really gnar- It might have been, but um <laughs> They're like, hey, we need someone to track guitar. <laughs> like, yeah. Yo, Sean, what's up? Are you free? Uh, Braxton reached out and I was like, dude, of course. Like, I would be sick. Because I mean, those are the Chicago Death Fest, like Domination Fest homies. I met all those guys in person, other than Waylon. I don't think he was there, unfortunately. But fucking Renee was there. Fucking uh, Braxton was there. Mark was there. Got got to eat at Kuma's Burgers with Mark. That was fucking sick. Fucking nice. all the cats from Brodaquin were there too. Got to meet Brennan in person. He was super chill, super nice kid.
2: Yo, shout um, out that new Brodaquin single. That thing is.
0: Yes! <laughs> like, where, I, mean, you see, I got love for Brodaquin. Hell
1: yeah. I got Look at Broda you, flags. dude. That's a
0: like got... tiny little anal staff. <laughs> <the> poster, <laughs> uh,
2: I, got, I love all these bands coming back, dude. Like Brodaquin finally sounding good no no offense like the production quality is like like really amenable to me yeah uh, i mean we, I we talked the about new this. production it yeah we good. talked about this i mean you know they have they have a couple good sounding records before this but it just really it's like there's nothing bad it's just like immediately like mm. delicious and uh yeah and, i mean i listened to the new cryptopsy again today it's like that record sounds great like Fucking, kind of, they're back too. Like, dude, I love it. I mean, listening. I need to revisit Flo, that one. Honestly, yeah, I, I gotta check it dude, out. Yeah.
1: when you listen to flow and then seeing him live too, he's in. He's in the pocket so hard for being his age and playing this music for this long. Mm-hmm. I, 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 in, in some ways, I'm coughing right now. Sorry. um Think he's better in certain ways. I there's certain aspects of Flo's playing, seeing him live, where I'm like, this is probably the best version of Flo that I had seen because he executed flawlessly and incorporated his. That's one thing, too, about we can go on and on about Cryptopsy. Every album is a progression. There's no doubt that that man, that man, that band keeps moving forward with every album it's undeniable dude you can argue it to the death no matter what they've done that band has shown that they're moving in a direction and they're still charging forth dude and Flo is one of the best most unique drummers that i've ever seen and he's showing me that you can still be that age and innovate
2: you know absolutely
0: yeah that's the only time i've ever been starstruck like meeting like a metal musician wasn't i was, like 19 years old i was like it was summer slaughter i believe it was the singer from cryptopsy's birthday and somehow my buddies and i had conned like drunken trevor stranad rest in peace to, like let us on his tour bus and like we start like drinking with them but like yeah flow comes on the bus and i'm just like oh my god it's Flow again i was like like, be cool like don't fucking don't act like a dork or a dweeb right now but like uh he was, he was saying something like how he had to like ice his his ankle was so like swollen or messed up that he had to like ice it all day to the point where it was numb like to be able to play the show and he was like i couldn't even feel it, it was great and i was just like that dude is a f- badass like oh my god
1: like, guys god. i really feel like an asshole right now because i totally wanted to say this up top but r.i.p martin he was uh live vocalist for cryptopsy actually the first time i had ever seen cryptopsy and it was a very important show and i should have brought it up at the beginning of the show and now i feel like a dick for not but um yeah that man deserves his flowers for what he contributed to that band um just as unique as any other cryptop cryptopsy vocalist you really think about it every vocalist of cryptopsy has been his own person and martin was that on the road with demu when i had seen cryptopsy and demu Borgir, and um yeah he was just as much of a a strong force as anybody else has been involved in that project and i just want to say rest in peace martin dude that was uh out of nowhere and uh, i mean out of nowhere Uh, most of it's out of nowhere when when you hear about people dude just dropping we're we're all dropping here and there dude and unfortunately it gets closer you know to you and yeah dude r.i.p martin
0: rest in peace yeah dude Yep. Yeah, that's, that's a tough one. He did a lot of amazing artwork too for a lot of bands like Gorgos. I know he did like the artwork for Colored Sands.
1: Yeah, dude, he did the the harp skull. He did the harp skull on that Obscura t shirt that I just recently got, and I'm like, fuck yeah, dude, I own a piece that has something that he, you know. Yeah. So yeah, no, it's it's it always sucks, dude, when somebody that y- you just uh, anybody that. Even if it's something small, that something comes into your life and you appreciate their contribution to whatever it is, dude, it's it's they made some sort of an impact on you. It 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 always sucks. It sucks even when they don't make an impact on you. But yeah, dude. Now we're we're th- almost three and a half hours into this, and we're <laughs> gonna do the life and death thing. Don't get me on that, <laughs> dude, because I'll fucking go for like another hour uh, and a half.
0: It's all good. You know, it's unfortunate when the legends fucking to pass early for sure. And you know, the older we get, the more it happens. But I mean, that's why well, I'm just glad that we have a new generation that's rising up now. Guys like Nikhil that can kind of like pick up where a lot of, a lot of the legends left off. Like guys like Steve. The, I mean, from from wisdom to hate. I mean, that was. I mean, I remember when that guy hung himself. Like that was like I got crushed by Eric. I he was like such a legendary talent. The, the drummer on that record is still one of my favorite of all time. Uh, Steve McDonald, I believe, was that guy's name. Uh, yeah. Incredible drummer. But uh,
1: So no matter what, dude, this is the thing, dude. The, people who contribute to this are going to have some issues, but no matter what, it's always going to keep going. We've seen metal get through all of that and strive and, and move on, and I think it's the vibe that we're putting into it, the energy that we're putting into it. And it, it moves on past us. So yes, most definitely the next generation is going to take it. And they're going to do something that's great for the people down the road. You know what I'm saying? And I'm not saying that it isn't for me either. We were talking about the, the clean uh, recordings and all that. And some of that we can figure, we can not be attracted to that because it sounds to this, this and that, whatever. It doesn't matter. The people down the road it's for them that's what it is so metal's never gonna stop dude and we just always need to have that uh attitude that we're gonna keep contributing to it in some way or form to make sure that it never stops but even if we don't contribute that bubble's big enough that that ain't bursting anytime soon we got flambient now dude come on
0: speaking of the future good note to end it on you all saw the announcement that freaking worm is coming
3: the United States. Yeah, life, right?
1: dude. All yeah. these comebacks are happening, dude. Everybody's so, so realizing, cool. like, oh shit, what we were doing in the late '90s, early 2000s, mid 2000s is actually pretty sick, dude. Let's fucking try and do it again. Let's, <laughs> you know.
2: Yeah, I'm gonna hit up Texas. I'm gonna try to hit that Texas Fest. Unless Worm plays closer to me, I'll just go to that. But I'll. Probably get more band uh, announcements that'll convince me to go because I missed Chicago last year. I gotta make a Domination Fest ASAP. Yeah, so. I,
0: I can't officially announce this because Bludgeon hasn't been announced for anything yet, but there's an incredibly high chance
3: that we are playing that.
0: <laughs> please, don't, please don't kill me, Miguel. I always feel the bees, but uh, you know. the, the statements
2: are not. <laughs> I'm writing the-, the press release right now. <laughs> <laughs> no. Only Texas
0: Domination Fest one. I mean, I'm telling you, it's, it's gonna be it's gonna be a yeah. thing. I mean, Chicago was incredible it was the best send-off of that fest I could have ever imagine. It was my first brutal death fest I've ever been to. Got to see Broadway.
3: I mean,
2: it was fun to uh
1: it was fun to be a part of like promoting that too and watching everything unfold and Yeah, we C D P doing the
2: CDF dude uh, CDP
1: versus CDF
2: the word on the street was that Bludgeon fucking killed that show too that everyone was talking about your set that's actually the first
1: time I, I think that's actually now that we mentioned that that's the first time I heard your name because everybody was saying that you guys threw it down
0: what's so crazy about that particular show is that that's the only time that we were literally forced to play with no rehearsal zero we just showed up gone on stage i mean we had i got to get together with the in the hotel room for like an hour to like put some headphones on him he has a little drum pad just to go over a couple spots but like there yeah was no, there was no full band rehearsal we literally just showed up and
3: did it <laughs> yeah. Thank, yeah thank
0: you thank you to chris in the comments he's he's vouching for us saying that um uh, sure, multiple cool. people now saying yeah yeah we
3: Hell yeah! Thank
0: you guys for saying. Thank you guys for saying so, because so, dude, yeah, that, yep. was a, that was one. That was one for the record books. We, uh, that ended up getting an endorsement deal even out of that that show. But if you can see this
3: down here, my Vader, Vader, nice,
1: the... Mike's cutting and, out.
2: And we can see it.
0: Yeah. So
2: oh, one nice. of on,
0: one of one with the actual blizzard. That's like probably my
2: highest. yeah! My
0: bucket, my bucket list. I was one to own Vader cab ever since like I was a little kid. saying freaking suffocation. Have them, you know. They recorded Blood Oath with them, and I was like, mm-hmm. and when Vader cabs went out of business, I thought I might not ever get to own one of these. Mm. People
1: were
0: selling them for like three grand on Reverb and shit. You
1: know? Right.
0: He's back, baby. Adam's back, taking orders. So.
1: Oh I'll yeah. Tell ya
0: anyone that's interested definitely reach out hit him up because
1: yeah I mean, that's, that's our homies over head. there in invader
0: yeah he, he's the best of the best yep. for sure especially for this style of music it doesn't get any better
1: right on guys what do you got should we do Joseph?
3: it should we wrap, wrap, it? It? You,
1: wrap it dude i mean <laughs> you guys getting ready for anything specific bludgeon related in the near future
0: well we're very nearing completion on this three song i mean it was supposed to be a, a winter promo that was supposed to come out the end of last year but life stuff happened we had some personal losses too close to the band. So i mean go oh, back to the life and death thing but i mean john's been going through it. his he lost his best friend we, we, they found his car in a ditch uh, recently so Fuck. that's really really rough on on everyone close to that um but we're not i mean we've we've pushed through every kind of imaginable kind of tragedy to keep this thing going. So we're, we're not throwing in the towel. We're still going to eventually put out that, that DIY three song promo in the style to be the same, but we're like mixing and mastering all ourselves kind of very, very, if anyone's heard the new single we put up, it's going to be kind of in the same vein, but uh, just pushing the envelope with the technicality, trying just to one up ourselves. I think I used, for the first time in the next the next track that you're going to hear so like you're going to hear some speeded sanity kind of the 12 tone craziness going on nice. um it's more crazy brutality but then yeah full length's coming after that we're going to pull out all the stops shop around for labels too so any labels that are interested in having bludgeoned on your roster keep your ear to the ground for our new stuff because we think you're going to like it.
1: hell yeah dude yeah i, I endorse this band. I, or a, a joy to listen to. <laughs> oh,
3: thank you. <laughs> yeah,
1: I, I definitely had a good time with it. All right, cool, dude. Uh, Sean, thank you so much for all your time. All the um, uh, plugs, Battleforge coffee, twitch.tv, Cali death podcast, generator rehearsal studios.com. Uh, Sean, where do you want people to go? Uh,
0: instagram.com slash bludgeoned official and then look up violence only on facebook i want to thank you guys so much for having me it's been a complete blast and a fucking honor i just want to tell everyone out there to keep it sick and brutal hell time. yeah
1: dude thanks thank you dude I, I had a good chat um cool we'll see you guys next week and have a great weekend be safe and rock on
2: cheers, cheers.